Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. As they put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> no, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to remember Tesla. that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. <laughs> Let's start the show. Cheers, everyone. Hey, ready? Cheers. It's only hey, been a month. Ladies We're and back. gentlemen, boys and girls, it's season two. No, no, it's not even that. Season three. Is it not season 11? Season three, episode two. How is An it season art- three? What was season two? I don't know. It's sort of artificial. <laughs> the second year after you passed like, the first year. We did 113 episodes. All of those were, were are now been split into season one and two. Randomly, or 123. In fact, here's how it goes: round numbers. Uh, all of season one, since it's season one, yes. those are the even numbered episodes because it see. makes no sense. Hush. And the season two, those are all the odd number episodes. So if you Back listen to forward. episode one, that's the first episode of season two. If you listen to episode two, it's the first episode of season one. Tom, have you been actually drinking before the <laughs> show? Uh, I haven't even had a sip, and I don't know what the hell you're talking about. But hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it is Talking Tesla. Woo-hoo. Talking Tesla, singular. Tesla. What? May, may I start? Talking Hold on a Tesla. second. Are may you I, sure? May I start this by saying Talking Teslas, which is a podcast. Um, can I just say, what the f*** are you doing? <laughs> Um, as of July 27th, uh-huh. they're still trying this scam where uh-huh. they have a podcast that's almost identical to us in name. And I'd just like to say to you, gentlemen, why don't you grow a pair? I mean, just a uh, pair. Just sit down for a second, start again, be a part of the conversation. Don't be a stupid leeches trying to get a head start by stealing our name and our listeners. I'm sure you're very nice, and I'm sure it was an yeah. error in judgment, but really, could you grow the f- up? Consider this your official cease and desist letter because i'm going to tell you this right now he's not going to stop every ever. time ever every <laughs> yeah. time we start a podcast i'm going to just call out your stupidity and i've got here a couple of uh, your reviews oh can i read and them? they're not good tom could you read them can in, I read in tom voice <laughs> while i calm down Okay, so the first review was written on July 4th, America's birthday of all days. So this person took some time on a holiday for America's birthday to give Talking Teslas a one-star review. Sky Brentley. Sky Brenty. Brenty. <laughs> still can't. I and, still can't and, talk. Uh, yeah, you still can't find people's names to read them properly, so that's pretty good. So the show is about what it has been. Seriously... And Sky Brenty writes, seriously, you are wasting your time listening to these guys aimlessly stab in the dark at an attempt to talk intelligently about this topic. As a Tesla owner and stockholder, I've followed all things Tesla for years. The lack of knowledge and misinformation provided. Are you sure they're not listening to the ARP? <laughs> no, no, ARP? No, oh, it's this podcast. Okay. okay. By this podcast about how Tesla and their products work is astounding. If you are seeking reliable information and want to hear about Tesla, please refer to the following podcasts. The Tesla Show, Ride the Lightning, Talking Tesla, that's Tesla singular, not Tesla's plural. 
Ouch. Thank yeah. you. Read the next one. <laughs> this one is from BC Afon. Maybe if they change their name, I'll upgrade this rating. But come on, guys. You knew what you were doing when you chose this name. Burn! I'm just saying. Talking <sighs> Teslas? What the f***? The people are speaking, and they are not happy. No, they're not. Start again. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, let's first of all start talking about Teslas, and then we're going to talk about SpaceX and some other stuff as well. But, um, Robert, you crashed your mother effing car. Please tell us the story. You sent us pictures. There was your car. It had black things up the side of it. There was dents. But more importantly, there was an SUV upside down in the middle of the freeway, and that wasn't you. No. Please discuss. Let me be clear. To say I crashed my car... (laughs) First of all, it was in autopilot. Yeah. With me attentively watching everything okay. going on, sitting in the car, watching the road. Mm-hmm. It's 5.50 in the morning. It's a beautiful sunrise. Beautiful. On the way to the emergency room Lovely. for my 6 o'clock shift, only 10 minutes from the emergency room. Because you're always punctual. Yeah. Well, Except for what you do after that. An hour and 30 minutes of traffic. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. And so there I am. I'm in the number two lane. Why? Because there's some people. Because you'd already gone number one. In the number two lane. Five minutes in. Just because I was in the number one lane. And I was getting getting pissed on by all these people driving at like 80, 90 miles an hour. Yeah, because it's L.A. in the morning. I'm just set at 70, and I'm cruising along nicely. Mm -hmm. And I'm just watching, and I think I was maybe listening to NPR. I don't remember. But all of a sudden, out of the left visual field, Mm -hmm. I see this dark object. Dun, 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 dun. It didn't take very long before this big dark object was grinding up against my car and pushing me across the lane. Holy hell. Do you think he didn't see you? Maybe. Or was he just excited to see you and was grinding <laughs> against you? <laughs> Hello, big He was fella. dirty dancing on the 101. <laughs> it was a Yukon, which is a big vehicle. Apparently, GMCs like to destroy the people on this show's cars because that's what took out the RAV. Yeah. A and GMC. A GMC. And so uh, grinding against me, I was on the wheel. Had, mm-hmm. I was on the brakes. In fact, I passed by the spot yesterday morning mm-hmm. again. And uh, it was noontime, so there was really good light. And I saw my skid marks. Wow. In your yeah. underwear? You shouldn't be looking at your underwear while you're driving, wow. dude. come on, man. It's <laughs> upsetting. You almost died. Oh, you mean on the freeway. Okay, go. Okay. Go there on. was rubber. There was rubber on the freeway. There were long, long black streaks of rubber going from the two lane off into the third lane. And so anyway, jam on the brakes, controlling the car. He's still going like 80, 90 at least and goes in front of me and then starts tipping with his front end across the freeway to my right. And then the next thing I see is his truck just starts flipping. Now, did he flip, like, did your car flip him over or did he hit the center divider and flip? No center divider. I think he was trying to move over to the right for some reason. And like fishtailed maybe. And fishtailed a bit. And I was already slowing down by that point, but I saw a lot of sparks. I saw all this stuff flying parts off his car stuff from inside his car and glass and then you know thankfully it was 5 50 in the morning so it's not a busy freeway there weren't a lot of cars and no one everybody slowed down there was this fantastic uh good samaritan in fact probably three other vehicles stopped because we basically shut down the freeway wow clearly big fire trucks came and the firemen, you know, it's like I work in Ventura County. So the funny 
kind of funny thing is I'm sitting on the side of the road. And I was really shook up. I mean, I was like, sure. I was like Dang. not ready to render first aid as an emergency physician to this guy who rolled over his truck because my heart was like going 160 beats a minute yeah. and I was shaken. But he uh, he was able to get out of the truck. They helped him out. Uh, the truck stood in the middle of the freeway. They shut it down. Upside down. Upside down. And so I was just sitting there on the side. I called 911. I talked to this guy, Gustav Garrett, really nice guy. And he's like, you know, I couldn't believe what I saw. I was like, I can't say this word for word. But I think what he said was the guy was driving like a maniac, that he saw him swerving mm. in and out of traffic. Yeah, I mean, I think the very act of sideswiping another car is, seems a little maniacal. Yeah. It's upsetting. Like, that's not normal. No. I'd also like can't to say point out, I don't know, maybe this is just me, my terrible human humanity. So Robert sends this vox to us of this photo of his car. Which we will post I if it hasn't already been. With this little incident that occurred on my way to work, and then he sends a photo, and then he sends another photo. And then I wrote to him, did you get hit or did you just stop to help out? Then I saw the actual photo of the side of your car. And then you said... I'm okay, because it never even occurred to me to ask Robert <laughs> if he was okay. So I thought, honestly, and I don't know if that's just my own personal internal guilt, I was like, oh, my God, yeah, uh, you're yeah. good. I'm glad you're fine. Yeah. You're guilty. Yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, the beautiful ass is so dinged <laughs> yeah. up. Oh, forget yeah. about Rob. <laughs> yeah. Look at the ding. So yeah. um, that is frightening. Sideswipe, flipped over car, not yours. The low center of gravity of the Tesla with a heavy battery no doubt helped you. That could have been very ugly. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So now you've got post-traumatic stress disorder. If you're like me, I have two big accidents on the freeway. I've never been able to change lanes or do anything on the freeway without fear and loathing for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. uh, but second of all, um, it's a bit dinged up. It's squished on the side. A it's bit got some dinged up. Yeah. Um, Every single panel, basically. On the one side is sort of squished and mushed. Yeah, I was impressed to look at the rear passenger door on the yeah. driver's side. It's actually peeled up. Mm -hmm. You can see it's just bent. And the front end of it, it is scraped so hard, the, the metal's gone. You can see right into the center. And the I went to the Avio Coachcraft today to get a little uh, estimate. Okay, this is where we uh, try and estimate. <laughs> so you've got a Model S. It's an 90D. It's a really beautiful car. It's probably worth about $100,000. Uh, the side of the car has been peeled away by an SUV. That SUV is flipped upside down. The driver of the SUV is fine, and Robert is fine. Uh, the question I have is, mm -hmm. how much is it going to cost to fix it? Let me just do the math here. $100,000. $12,000 to fix this piece of piss. Did you get an estimate? Do you have currently a number? I don't have a printed estimate. He's working on it. Mm. Did he give but you a ballpark? He did give me a ballpark. Give me, wait, Tom, how much ballpark? Do the math. Tom's thinking. He's looking up. Can I ask a couple of questions? Go. You can. Because I wasn't sure. Is the rear bumper affected by this? It got scraped just above That's a the yes. tire. Okay, yes. okay, so the rear bumper is involved. That quarter panel is involved. That two doors are involved. Both wheels damaged. Uh, definitely the rear, the front has got a little bit of like, uh, looks like, what do they call okay. it? Burping or? $21,662. That is a very specific amount. And? And may very well be very close. I was told roughly $18,000. Holy shit. Muzzle. For most people, yeah. that's a total. 
Like that's their entire that's, car. <laughs> that's twenty uh, percent of the cost of the car. Yeah. And so, but Holy has hell. it been checked out mechanically in terms of whether or not there's damage to the motor and the wheel axle kind of negative. situation? It no. hasn't been checked out. No, or? they haven't stripped it apart. But that's, is that going to happen at Coachworks? Yes. Interesting. So a couple of other no. questions. Uh, first of all... So it still could be... It could be total. Let's say there's a crack through the battery or something. They might like, it's just too much money. We'll just give you a new one. Right. If they did that, mm-hmm. let's look at the bright side. You almost died. If they said, look, I'm going to give you 100 grand for a new car, what are you getting? A Roadster. Oh, no way. Not ready They're not yet. available. Damn. Here it is. Tesla's handing you, you a check. What that That's would have Tesla. looked at with a Yukon smashing up against it? That, that would have been, been crushed. No. Yeah, that would have been bad. Your insurance country. Insurance, insurance country? country? It's a whole country to pay for this. It's probably worth as much as most countries. Oh, what God. would you get today? $100,000. You get a Model 3. You could get the Performance Edition, dual motor. You can get your S, uh, reconfigure it the same way. You can get the DL. Or you can X. put the money in the bank and get a leaf and walk away with ninety thousand dollars. What are you going to do? I've given this some thought. That's not surprising. Yes, I don't think I would get the three. I like the bigger car, although having that just been performance a, a potentially lethal accident. Right, I'd like the big. Car. I'd like to drive the Model Three Performance Edition dual motor with the full works seventy eight thousand dollars. I drive a Model Three every day. Honestly, I don't see the point. That thing is plenty fast. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> There is not a car on the freeway. Feels th- good, doesn't that it? That can get past me if I don't want it to. Yes, right. there is. They're called other Teslas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> does, it, about... is, it does anger S drivers when I go <laughs> past them on the freeway. They don't like that. Don't hey, like baby brother, slow down. <laughs> yeah, I thought about getting an S. Of course, 90s are not available anymore, so I'd have to get a 100. Oh, oh you have to. Uh, poor baby. Have to. That's so terrible. That, that's probably the highest on my list. I thought about the 100 performance ludicrous mode, mm-hmm. dropping an extra $45,000, and I thought, That's a lot of nudges. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather buy Tesla stock with that money. That okay. would make more sense. So that's because you're not seeking alpha. That's true. We're going to get to that. They're getting crushed, but that's okay. And then I also thought about an X. You know, you can use the Hummer loophole. That thing has been expanded under our Make America Great As a, program. Oh, so you get the farm tax we thing. Get the, like it's a 5,000-pound vehicle, therefore you can it's, write it off in a year or yeah, something it's a, stupid. It's, a, it's like 6,000-pound gross vehicle weight, which includes its load capacity. Mm-hmm. So How it's much not it just tow. its curb weight. Right? right. And so the Model X qualifies. Plus, now you can have an accelerated depreciation and write, like, the whole thing mm-hmm. off. Yeah, I think Whoa. that's weird, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, yes. Talk to your tax professional before you could try and write off your Yeah, ex. don't take tax advice from me. While we're on this topic, and it's taken quite a long time for that story, but it's an important story because we love Robert, and he almost died, and the S saved him. Um, Thank you, Elon, we, Tesla team. Thank you all for making uh, focusing on safety. Safety is key. I mean, we talk about this all the time. We've got two-hour docs. We've got a man here who works uh, in emergency medicine. And wow, traffic very accidents. Of you. It's very nice of me, I know. Traffic accidents kill 40,000 Americans a year. It's one of the most dangerous things you'll do is drive on the road. So driving a really safe car is key. We just had a report of a Model 3 flipping upside down, Mm. which is incredibly rare because of the low center of gravity. But what's nice about the pictures and the reports is that the people in the car did very well. The car itself looked like it did well. And although we don't have official crash testing for the Model 3 yet, we've now got a number of crashes of Model 3s, a rollover, other accidents. And it looks like... We don't know yet, but it looks like the Model 3 is also a spectacularly safe car, as they have been suggesting. 
Yes, which is good. It's news. wonderful. It's really wonderful. And I'm hoping that Y will also be and expect it to be an incredibly safe car. So now it's my turn to tell stories because everybody gets to tell the story up the front. We haven't even started the show and we're like two hours in. But I've got to tell you, I just we went to Australia. Start the show. I just went to Australia and uh, it's a beautiful country. Yeah. The um, land of your birth. Very much the land of my the birth. The land of uh-huh. Oz. And cold as a thing that is not warm. Because it's wintertime. It's the middle of winter. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, i got to tell you, it's psychologically impossible to pack to go to winter when it is 115 degrees outside. <laughs> so I'm standing so up in my shorts bag. shorts and a tank top? I'm standing over my bag going, I know that it's 45 degrees Fahrenheit in Melbourne right now, but it is 115 where I am. I can't put in the extra sweater or jumper. I can't do it. And I got off the plane. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a cold. This, uh, you know, this show, a lot of people who listen to this show are American. What the hell is a jumper? A jumper is a sweater. Ah, okay. But I'm you said sweater, and then you said jumper. But I you did said it in two languages sweater. so oh, that you would oh, understand. You're multilingual. Thank that you. Is I also impressive. speak a bit of the New Zealand, you know, fush and chips. Now, uh, <laughs> I got to Melbourne, which is Australia's second biggest city. It has 4.5 million people in the metropolitan area. Mm-hmm. How many Teslas did I see? Two. Okay. And one of them was my brother's. Oh. Mm. How is it's your brother? Of, he's good, and he has good. a 100D. Yeah. Blue. Beautiful mm-hmm. car. Loves it a lot. Expensive but, car. But uh, we were talking about Teslas because, you know, we're both Tesla owners. Uh-huh. And I said to my brother, brother, how much did this Model S 100D, not the DL, no, no, not the DL, not the P, just the 100D in this fair country that has very, very large import taxes for electric cars? And he said to me, brother, $249,000. US? $249,000 AUS. Australian. And what does that translate to? Probably about $200,000. $202 goddamn much. I'll tell you that right now. Now, he loves it, but there's not a lot of Teslas there. You disagree? Okay, let me ask you this. Is the Model S a $200,000 car? Nothing is a $200,000 car. I think maybe we should have his brother on the show because he's obviously really dedicated. He is so dedicated. There's a lot. Now, it gets worse, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because I just recently had to change my Model X tires. And I'm going to tell you more about that in a second. Uh But it cost me about $400 each per tire. And I was losing my brain. That's not horrible. That's a lot of money. For an SUV tire, it's actually not horrible. Okay. I had 30,000 miles on it. I had to change them out. A lot of money. And my brother said, well... Listen to this, brother. Brother. I've only done 20,000 K in my Model S. 21-inch wheels by any chance? 21-inch oh, wheels. Oh, yes. And I just had to change the tires because I am a bit of an aggressive driver. That's mm. kind of the reason I bought the Model S. I've met your brother. And uh, guess how much? $3,000. That's $750 a ticket. So, uh, a, a, uh, a tire, sorry. Upsetting. So, it Very just upsetting. it's all of this to say if you live in North America. Uh-huh. You're welcome. So when your brother, it's a cheap. <laughs> so clearly your brother doesn't listen to the show because um, when your brother, when your brother, <laughs> when your brother ordered his car, and if you would have listened to, I don't know, episode one, he probably would have heard that those tires and wheels are bad option for people who like well, to not buy own, tires. It is his own fault because it's his second Tesla, and he mm-hmm. bought the sporty wheels the first time and had to change them. Uh-huh. He's like, "This is ridiculously expensive." And I said, "Yeah, you'll get much better mileage if you get the other wheel." Uh-huh. And he didn't because he wanted yeah. to be sporty. So it's his own fault. Sporty. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to drive fast around curves and mm-hmm. take off just moments faster, be just a teeny weeny bit quicker. 
you got to pay for it. <laughs> now, I've got another story which is on this site. So I'm driving the X okay. with the wife. We've just gone on a big long trip and we've dropped our son off and we're mm-hmm. coming home and we're leaving the uh, Mojave supercharger and the car starts to rock a little bit side to side. I'm like, mm. what the hell is that? Mm. And um, Which car is this? The sure. X. Ah. A little bit side to side. I'm like freaking out of it. I'm like, what is that? We go a little bit faster and it sort of rocks a little bit. And like, I'm able to convince myself it's just the road. It's nothing wrong with the car. I'm 100 miles from home. So I get on the freeway, drive at 75 miles an hour, and uh, get off the freeway mm. at Winneka, which is, you know, right near my house. And oh, then, you got all that way, 100 miles. 100 miles. And then as we're getting off the freeway, the car is rocking side to side so bad you could, like, make a milkshake. I'm like, what the hell? I've broken some major part of the underbits. I don't know what's under the car, axles and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, there's something seriously wrong. And uh, so yeah, I drive it with into my... you for driving the car a hundred miles. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, with I thought it was screw. nothing, but it was clearly so bad. And so then I get home and I'm telling my Kenyan friend who's living with us, uh-huh. and I said, "Titus, the car's rocking side to side." It's, and he's like, he likes cars and mechanical things. He's like, right. I'll try and do a Kenyan accent, but I can't. I won't try. So don't. And he's like, Mel, you know, it's probably just your tires are ballooning out. I'm like, what are you talking about, crazy Kenyan? It's like, yeah, it's probably just your tires are ballooning out. I'm like, no, no, look, listen. This thing is rocking back. <laughs> listen, Kenyan. Listen to me, Kenyan. <laughs> I know so little about cars. I know nothing. Don't try I've to I've just tell driven me. this car dangerously for 100 miles. Are you going to tell me? So I get the car picked up. It's on a flatbed. It goes to Tesla, and I'm sure it's going to be something terrible. And they go, oh, you know what the problem was? Is that you had tires that were completely worn out and have ballooned out and were just minutes away from a catastrophic failure. 75 miles an hour on the freeway, thank you very much. And I said to my Kenyan friend after I found out, is this some ancient African knowledge that you have that is handed down through generations? And it's like, no, they're called retreads. In Kenya, tires are really expensive, so a lot of us buy retreads. And when they fail, they balloon out on the side of where they retread, and the car rocks side to side just before they explode. So I'm just saying, if you haven't had your uh, wheels changed recently and your car's rocking side to side, don't drive at 75 miles an hour down <laughs> the freeway. You might die. And what I'm going to tell you, people, is if you happen to be in Woodland Hills in about a year from now when he's driven another 30,000 miles on his X and not bothered to check his wheels or tread or anything like that, just don't come around here. And if you see a white X, go the other way. Well, it turns out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I looked at the tread and the tires and uh-huh. I didn't see anything. But these cars, for some reason, because of the torque, yes. wear on the inside, Indeed they do. not on the outside of the wheel. And I didn't know that. I should have no. gotten down and looked on the inside because that's where all the wear and tear goes. That's why, I don't know why that's that That's why you need a selfie stick. So you can take your cell phone and you can put it under your car with the selfie stick and examine your tires. Does the S do that as well, Robert? It does. And so does that mean I... that the tray is also in, in danger of doing the same thing? I don't know about the tray, mm-hmm. but the S definitely, and I had tires that I drove 42,000 miles in. Mm-hmm. I can Looking at them, I'd stick a penny in the tread. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. Didn't see, didn't, uh, you know. Could uh, always see Abe's, Abe's head. Abe's head was always mm-hmm. covered, right? I didn't see his head. Right, yeah. And, or the top of his head. Mm-hmm. And everything was copacetic. But the problem is that, mm-hmm. you know, they're low to the ground, the car. Yeah. They have a deep tire. The tire's wide. So when you're looking mm-hmm. in at the tire, there's a lot of, you know, grooves in which you could stick old Abe. Groovy. I didn't stick Abe all the way on the inside groove. Mm of either of the rear tires. And indeed, that part of the tire was worn very thin and on one tire to the to the belts that were underneath wow. all Thank of the... You. Sounds like Herbert. 
public service yeah. announcement. Check your tires from the inside. Also, if you're in uh, wherever Robert lives, uh, don't <laughs> drive behind his ass either. Well, oh, it, that's that, the amazing. car did a great job for me because Good. it just gave me a warning. Actually, a week or so before, I thought I'd run over a nail because mm-hmm. I thought I'd heard a clicking like if, if, as yeah. if you had a nail. So I inspected one of the tires. I thought it was like the front one. And I didn't see anything. It was a rock. Took the rock out. I thought it was fine. And then I got this red warning when I was on the freeway. Pull over now. Tire pressure low. Ooh. And that's what that's what so alerted you wrote, me. So you drove another hundred miles at seventy five miles. That's an what hour. I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I was, as a matter what of fact, wrong? <laughs> on the way to work. This was in Agura, uh-huh. and I pulled off and I went to a gas station. Mm. That felt kind of that must have been odd. awkward. Yeah, awkward. Mm-hmm. And then I went up to the gas, uh, you know, where they had air to put oh, in the yeah. tire, mm-hmm. and I put some air in my tire, and it went, mm-hmm. and then I heard. And it went We out. had this story last month. Yeah. But it's a good sandwich, so keep going. <laughs> out just as fast as it went in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sure enough, Tesla came out. They brought me a fresh tire wheel, took my old baddie one, and I showed up at the service center the next day, and I took my car in and got a set of wheels. I should have suspected tires. something tires. was wrong, tires. because one day it was saying tire pressure low, 35. The next right. day it was like tire pressure, 70. Something was going on in that tire that was freaking out the sensors. And those okay, sensors, so by the way— 48 hours of warning. Oh, yeah. And then, not only that, there was a guy that saw my tires and said, wow, they're really worn out. You should change those. I ignored him as well. I then had a dream, and in the dream, my car rolled over because the tires exploded. I ignored that as well. It's interesting because what I would say normally (laughs) when telling a story such as the one that you just told about, like, your brother's tires wearing out quickly after 30,000 miles, you would preface it by the, hey, for 72 hours and a human being telling me I should change my tires, I decided to ignore... All of that, all of the technology, all of the human interventions, and still drove the car in a dangerous fashion. Uh, There was not an angel that came to me (laughs) while I was awake. And so, therefore, oh. I dismissed all oh, the revelations. Okay. Oh, that, that makes sense. I'm yeah, just of... worried about you, Mel. I care about you. This doesn't. This you it's know. We, um, we need to I think do an what intervention. we're learning here. I think what we're learning here is that I'm stupid. <laughs> okay. Also, let's just say it. Uh, let's just say it. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and should we say it in coordination? It's upsetting. <laughs> One, two, three. Stupid. <laughs> okay, uh, let's continue uh, on because it's a very long story. Amazing. I also went to Oz and I bought carbon credits. I went Virgin and they gave me the option. Yes. I bought carbon credits and now I'm like, wonder where they went. Well, follow up, they probably didn't go anywhere. <laughs> it's surprising how little you have to pay it's, uh, to offset. It was offset. like $16 yeah. to fly to Australia. 16 right. Like I bought myself a little tree or something. But yes. I bet you I just went into the coffers of Virgin Australia. Hey, and then I'm upgrading my solar panels. Does anybody care about this? Yeah. I bought solar panels first set 12 years ago, Tom. Mm-hmm. 12 years ago, one of the inverters just broke. And, oh. I, and I got a quote, and it's like $2,500 to fix the inverter. Whoa. So I said to myself, self, do I upgrade the inverter or do I get new solar panels? Because these are old solar panels. They've paid for themselves two or three times over. Wow. And they're not that efficient. And the inverter is not under warranty? The inverter was on a 10-year warranty. It's uh-huh. year 12. Oh, Thank that's you, helpful. inverter. 10 years is good, though. My inverters have a 10-year warranty. I really... Really hope they go out at nine. Although I have a solar Uh, lease, so it's fine. They're going to fix many. So these are panels which have the amazing capacity of 150 to 200 watts. That's pretty low now. 
And so I thought to myself, well, I'd really like to upgrade them because I'd need more juice because I've got three electric cars now and there's lots of electricity needed to cool down in a warming planet. So I said to myself, but I'm not going to do that and just throw them into the landfill. That's ridiculous. I'll just buy an inverter and let them keep going for another 10 years. Mm -hmm. But I found a place because I thought this, well, what if I could donate my solar panels to somebody more deserving than me? Mm. for free, mm-hmm. and then I'll just mm-hmm. upgrade mine. And I found this place, and write this down, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's called gridalternatives.org, gridalternatives.org here in LA and in other places in the US and growing very quickly. And they take old solar panels and they take solar panels that are new from manufacturers and they put them on churches and synagogues and, and mosques and low-income housing, and they do it for free because they believe that there should be a sort of ubiquity of solar panels throughout the entire spectrum of people who can afford it. Now, what are your thoughts on whether or not that's the most efficient use of those people's times and labor? Because let me ask well, you this. they have a whole people, a group of people who volunteer and do it for free. So they take my panels, which are still good, make a lot of electricity, mm-hmm. and they just slam it on somebody's place for free. Somebody that volunteer. wouldn't have had them wouldn't otherwise. Wouldn't have had the cash to get but it But what about, like, are they giving them the inverters as part of that yep. as well? So They're the giving whole them the whole situation. thing. It seems weird because it it's feels... Nice. It's really cool. It's a big nonprofit. Cool. Yeah, I like it. I so wish, let me s- uh, right now, I wish I had waited seven years because then I <laughs> could be getting some free solar panels. From <laughs> let me tell you this. So those panels, you know, 150 watts, uh-huh. and they're still working well, 200 watts maybe. No, they think they, they're 150-watt panels, which are 12 years old. Yeah. I got new panels. Mm-hmm. You know how much the new panels do? They're 370-watt panels. They're more, more than twice as efficient. That is impressive. That is bigger than Ben-Hur's buttocks. That is very impressive. So at peak, those same panels will give me about 12 kilowatts. Currently, they can only do just under five. I'm so excited. That it's is exciting. Big, big, but not inexpensive. How, how, what is not inexpensive? Because this is the part that is really piquing my curiosity. $50,000 before incentives. 50 grand before incentives. How could you continue to get incentives? Like, how many incentives can one man get about solar panels? I don't think I'm getting any incentives. <laughs> but these things are going to last for the, another 20 the, years. The real question is, does he need incentives? $50,000. See, $50,000. Now, you can go and get financing and stuff, so it makes it much better. Although solar prices have come down so much and efficiency has gone up, obviously that's a huge amount of money. So it feels good that my panels are going to somebody for free and I can upgrade and then I can finance that $50,000 and still be ahead of the game. Because over time, you save, if you look at the numbers and the way prices are going up in electricity, over the life of those panels, 20 years, I'm going to actually save $210,000. Okay, now I'm just going to point something out to everybody else who's out there listening and obvious. Over the life of those panels, which you said about the panels he's just about to replace, yes, you got your money back, maybe, because you no, didn't do the real math. Back for two, sure? Two or three times over. For sure? Yes, absolutely. You did the math. I did the math. Wow, look at you. So wow. I could actually flip these panels in theoretically as early as five years and have paid for them. Five, okay, $50,000 worth of electricity in five years? Theoretically. Okay, but like, time of use now, would... which is changing here. So instead of it being 20 cents per kilowatt hour, can be 45 cents per kilowatt hour. Theoretically, in five to seven years. So that's years. like $5,000 a year in electrical bills. Yeah, it's about 500 bucks a month. Not that outrageous here. No, yeah. Yeah, it's hot. It's 98, and it's 5 o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> My air is on fire. And it's, it's actually cooling down a bit. <laughs> One more question to make this even more of an incentive. Can you get a tax credit for the donation, the charitable donation of your old solar panels? 
That is a good question that I'm going to be asking my accountant. Yes, because if the people who accept them say, well, the fair market value of these panels are $8,000. There's some value to that. Yeah, right. I was thinking the same thing. People buy solar panels? It's There's actually hard. When I went online, it's interesting. People do buy them. But they do it through, like, you know, Reddit and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You can also recycle them. So there's now this big interest in, like, we should be starting to recycle because people like me, Mm -hmm. early adopters 10 or 15 years ago, those panels, a lot of people are starting to flip them like I am. But then this grid alternatives thing I thought was the best thing, and I found it. And I found it for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's Grid alternatives. Now, I want to say one last thing. You ready? No. Powerwall. Mm-hmm. I have been waiting for Powerwalls in my house and on the studio because we want Since to link those. The, literally the beginning of time. It's got to be a year now. And what I got a couple of days ago is a bit upsetting. And it says this from mm-hmm. the Tesla people. I hope this note finds you well. It Which does not. never, ever is followed by something like, <laughs> yeah. uh, You've and we won found the lottery. Uh, yeah. $1 million in yeah. your name. <laughs> Due to the current product limitations, we have placed all Powerwall projects Did you hear that? All Powerwell projects on hold pending formal installation timeline. Once we have a timeline, we will begin moving forward on your Powerwell job. In the past, we have provided soft timelines and have had trouble keeping those timelines. Yeah, they've been telling me every month, any day now. (laughs) In the best interest of our customers, we are now holding off on providing timelines as we are unable to honour them. In the best interest of our customers. We appreciate your patience as we work toward the growing demand of the product. I'll reach out again within six months. Once we have an update. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I've been like, where's the power wall? Where's the power wall? A couple of other people in my organization have got power walls uh, but are pending. Where are they? Where are they? Guess what? They're not coming. We've been saying for a while, I think, on the show, they cannot build these fast enough. Why can't they build them fast enough? There is a huge demand. Part of it is they're building these giant installations in Australia, giant installations in California, and thankfully, gigantic installations in Puerto Rico that really needs them. Also they just model, cannot keep up. Also, Model 3s use the same battery. That is also the other thing, Model 3. So Powerwall, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, great idea, huge demand, multi, multi-billion dollar business, but they can't keep up. The Gigafactory is only at 30% capacity, but it needs 10 Gigafactories. This is yeah. a big, big problem, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, I'm very sad. That's the end of my story. That's a good story. It is concerning in good and bad ways. So Robert is so now I'm... showing us a photo of three Founder Series Powerwalls, which I have also been waiting yeah. an incredible amount of time for. And on my referral update, it says it's available starting in March of 2018. I feel like it's not going to happen Tom, because March is in the past. Tom, let me just tell you one thing. Yeah. There's a good chance. Yeah. That you'll be dead by the time you see that power wall. So your power walls, you had three on order, and you yes. were willing to give them, let's call it a butt ton of money yes. for them. Yes. <laughs> so my power wall, which I am not willing to give them any Anything. ton of money for, is not coming anytime not soon. coming anytime soon. But Monkeys that... will fly out of my bare buttocks. But that brings up another important part of my story, which will be very short because I'm not a rambling lunatic like you are. I received two packages on my porch today. Do you have a big package? No, they're just normal size packages. My wife thought they were about the size of a roller skate box, if that brings you any kind of Two packages from Tesla on your front. Correct. Okay. Roller skate. Roller skate size package. It's for your Tesla, box, for your it? Model 3. This is something to enhance the Model 3? It has nothing at all to do with the Model 3 except for it could be used mm. on the Model 3 potentially. Is it a skateboard? It is not a skateboard, <laughs> no. Did you buy the uh, tire kit? I did not pay for these. 
They are not things that I have purchased. They were gifted to you. They were gifted to you from Tesla? That is correct. Like, okay, okay. Let's parts. call it part of the referral program. program. Oh. Um, um, uh, They're not arachnid wheels. They are not, but those are also apparently ready or not ready, depending on which person at Tesla you talk to on any particular day. <laughs> um, no mm. idea. Two signature black wall connectors. And I would like to use this opportunity what? to thank the people of this very program listening right now for using the referral code Laney9300 to get Tesla's. This was the first two items of my referral code. So I got the first prize was that Power Wheels car thing. I told Tesla I wanted no part of that. Oh, the little so they baby gave car? me the charger. And then I got another one, which was a charger. So now I have two chargers sitting on my porch right now. And the next item on the list are the arachnid wheels, and those are somewhere. We've talked to three people at Tesla and gotten three different answers. They're like, we'll bring them to you. You can come get them. They're not ready. They don't exist. And then the last thing is the Founder Series Powerwall, which I unfortunately just learned uh, by listening to this show that I'm never going to get. What are you going to do with two power connectors? I'm going to connect one. To yes. my home, yes. and I don't know what I'm going to do with the You're other one as of right now. The other one? Do you need a third Tesla charger? No, somewhere? but I kind of want one. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Are these the uh, special ones? The yeah, black the black ones. ones yeah. Wow. You Exciting. know, you can put them in series, by the way. So you can link one to the other. Yes. And they're smart enough to sort of distribute the charge as needed. So if I had the capacity in my panel for, say, a – what are we talking about? It doesn't even really matter. Like if you, say, had a 50-amp panel uh-huh. and you attached one uh-huh. – uh, what are they called? Tesla charger. <laughs> if you attach the second one uh-huh. to that one, uh-huh. it will just work out. Like if you've got one car plugged in, it'll send all the juice to that one that's oh, plugged in. If you've got two, it'll right. like divide it up. Oh, so cold. you're saying I could – so right now what I use at my house is a J1772983765432. 72.44? Right. So the, the V2 version of that one. That's what I use to charge my car with the uh, – what do you want to call them? The adapter. Adapter. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying if I – I took that one off, and I put a Tesla charger in its place, yes. and then I put another Tesla charger also on the same circuit. Yes. It would kind of split that circuit Absolutely. in half. Absolutely. Very yeah. exciting. Now, there's only one problem with that. Your daughter's going to be pretty pissed because she's not going to be able to now charge up the vault. She... Without an adapter, though, with an adapter, you can't you get can. an adapter. You can't buy the Tesla to J1772 adapter, can you, Robert? Robert you can. What? Yes. You what? Yeah. There's not a Tesla to J1777 adapter. There is. So do people? No, two hundred dollars. Two hundred dollars. Can you use that on the chargers that Shut. are super? No. You Shut. can use them on destination chargers, though. Correct. Is that true? It is true. You could go from a Tesla AC charger at home to a J1777777 B2. <laughs> That's cool. A Tesla destination charger with the standard Tesla handle here mm-hmm. in the United States. There is an adapter, the J-dapter, I believe that's what it's called. J-dapter. And you put it on your Tesla charger, uh-huh. and then it clicks into a J1772 on a car. So it's the Why inverse. Why did you tell me this? I have this. I I'll tell have. you this it's right $200. now. There's no possible way Robert hasn't told both of us this at least three Seven times times. on this show. And of course, since it's Robert, we've ignored him every time. You know, because I was like, I'm so stupid because I put a charger here at the uh, studio. I'm like, I should have just put a J1777 and adapted it for Tesla's as needed. He's showing me a picture. It's called the J-Dapter trademark. 
And I think this might be an old oh, web page. Kickstarter delayed due to video release. You can't buy that. I think it doesn't exist. Is, That's vapor. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to do just a little bit more. So this might be well, an right. old. This says. But that would be great. Kickstarter starts Saturday, September 2016. What is this email? Uh, Let me so ask let me you this question. You are driving across country in your Tesla. Yes. And you show up at a hotel, and yes. they have two Tesla destination chargers. Yes. And you get there, and there's a Tesla in one of them. Yes. And there is a bolt, bolt in the other one of them. That's are you not... Are you happy? No. <laughs> I want to smack that bolt driver upside the head. Right, that yeah. wasn't built by Chevy. Oh, dear. You so know, I, I don't, I don't get any money for this, but it's Tony Williams. Tony's been a friend of mine and, and given me good, yeah, good, good information for the show. It's called QuickChargePower.com. Check him out. QuickChargePower.com. Is Tony or the not. guy that does the extension? Because I think I bought an yes. extension cable from him. He Tony. does great J1772 extensions good in like 10, Andy. 20, I could really feet. use one of those at home. Yeah? That's problematic for us at home. The, yeah, the cable's having, not long enough. I've got an extension cable. Save my buttocks. I, I have mine's been sitting in my frunk and collecting dust for months. I've, I hear that the new cables are more efficient, Mel. So you might want to get a new cable and just oh, give the just old give cable you, to someone else. Yeah, donate it possibly to the, to the synagogue of Tom, the Wolfson Family Foundation, which is it's a, out there, which is a J seventeen seventy two nonprofit corporation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's get into the first. Can you believe this? We're going to get into the first uh, story. That's super exciting. People yeah. have missed us. Yeah. yeah. The have talking test love. Not for long fans. if we keep this up. Yeah. Talking <laughs> test God's love. Fans. Like, usually we're long-winded, but this is, like, ridiculous. Well, Did we have cabbage honest, last night? The time you're looking at, we started 12 minutes after that. I'm just saying. Look, but you um, know what? We haven't seen each other in a month. Actually, it's so been sad. longer, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's so sad. Hey, uh, the kind of stories we want to do now when we're doing this monthly version uh-huh. is not so much, like, what's in the news right now, mm-hmm. but sort of trends in the news, for example. Trends. Like, what's happening? Philosophical discussions where Tesla and Elon is going. So here's what I want to do. <laughs> yes. I want to talk about... Elon's Twitter habit, because mm. he's developed this problem with Twitter. And like all dictators, and I think we know who we're talking about, hey, hey, hey. we should put down the Twitter. <laughs> wow. I've seen this disturbing trend, and it's not best to get to the Twitter with your first impulse. He's really been getting a lot of criticism for a lot of the stuff that he's been doing on the Twitter, and he needs to stop. Yeah. Here's an example. So you remember when those poor Thailand children were stuck in a cave and it was horrible and we thought that they might die. And in fact, one of the deep divers did die trying to save them. Yeah. And Elon sort of, I thought, pretty coolly got the engineers together and maybe we can make a submarine and maybe we can send it to Thailand and maybe this will work. But this cave diver, Vern Unsworth. Climber. He's He's actually a a spelunker. He's a spelunker. He's not actually a diver. Okay. So he said in an interview that uh, this was a PR stunt on Elon's part and that Mr. Elon should go stick that submarine where it hurts. Now, that's a really nasty thing to say, right? Yeah, yeah. So here's Elon. He's Unnecessary, for Unnecessarily. Sure. And it drew an angry response from Mr. Musk, who called Mr. Unsworth pedo guy in a series of angry tweets right. defending his vessel. He then later apologized, saying, you know, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And when he suggested I engage in a sexual act with my mini-sub, I got kind of upset. Uh, nonetheless, my actions you know, were bad, and I apologize, and uh, I shouldn't have done that. But I'm just saying, Elon, you're a hothead. Elon, sometimes you do stuff, and it could you know, quite reasonably be said that that was a PR stunt. There will always be critics. Please put down the Twitter because it makes you look so silly when you respond in the heat of battle. Rise above. Rise yeah. above. It's hard. It's difficult. We've failed on this show because we get trolled 
by the Twitter people. That's right. not what happened in this particular instance. This right. gentleman who had just put his heart and soul into the rescue of these kids. Yes. It just was like he felt like he needed to say something about that. And stunt, no stunt. Elon's heart, I'm sure, was in the right place. This guy's heart was obviously in the right place as he put his thing. And the two of them just got into a thing that dudes occasionally get into. And that's just terrible. Yeah, it's sort of like road rage is what it reminds me of. Yeah. Two people on the road. They don't know. You know, one guy could have a pregnant woman in the backseat. Yeah. Do you know what? Just take a breath. <sighs> take a step big away breath. from the Twitter. Now, Elon, you're a smart and reasonable guy. Unlike some other very powerful people who use Twitter in an inappropriate way. Elon. I'm talking to you now. Rise above. Rise above. Rise above, we're gonna rise above. Think what we say. Rise above, we're gonna rise above. Right, stop what we do. The other thing, no shardies and twittering. I'm just saying, I have some experience. What, what about <laughs> drinking tequila and mezcal while podcasting? That's fine. I'm going to now talk to you about Tesla is dead. Long live Tesla. Look, in the last few months, there has been a dizzying array of Tesla is dead in the water. And Tesla is the greatest thing to happen ever. So I want to go through some of these. And Seeking Alpha, of course, never misses an opportunity to drive down the stock price. And we never miss an opportunity to mention when Seeking Alpha is trying to drive down the the stock stock price. price. But now even CNN has jumped on board. And just recently, and even today, there was another one saying, and this was the title, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't find the exact original article, but it says, Tesla can make Model 3s, but nobody wants them. That was the title. Hmm. So let me paraphrase. In this article, they said, look, uh, a lot of people are not getting their Model 3s. They had 400,000 pre-orders, but 25% of them have been cancelled. Therefore, nobody wants them. So I go through this and I say, well, that would mean just sort of ballpark about 300,000 pre-orders, which is more pre-orders for a car in the history of the planet, which is kind of a silly thing to say that nobody wants them. A whole lot of people want them. What this story didn't do, and this is what drives me crazy, is ask the question, which we are going to answer right now. Are why? We? we are going to. <laughs> why have so many people cancelled their Model 3 reservation? So, Robert, you had a Model 3 reservation, and you are not getting a Model 3. I still have two reservations. Two reservations. Yes. I had two reservations. I got one. I'm not getting the other one. And you're why? not driving the one. I'm driving it a fair bit, but mostly my son's driving it. Yeah. So, Robert, why are you not getting your Model 3? You were a reservation holder. You stood in line. Why not? I kept my S. My wife took the old S. She didn't want the 3, or she didn't take the 3. My son, he's kind of ambivalent. He'd rather get around without a car. But in the meantime, he doesn't want a 3. I wanted the option. And so I put down 1000 on each. I'm supporting Tesla. I think it's a good thing. I've talked to many people who would like my reservation, and now they don't need it. They can just walk up and buy one. So are you getting your money back? I probably should. Yeah. Put so it in Tesla stock. So for me, this is something, again, that you, I, you know, the CNN article probably did not address, is a reason that some people got maybe more people canceled is for this very reason, is that they've opened up Model 3 reservations you can order a Model 3 at the highest trim level and have it within four months, yeah, which incidentally, months. if you want the tax cut of $7,500 federally, you need to do. In the Los Estados Unidos. And so if you're, if you're somebody who has a reservation like that's looking for the $35,000 car yes, and you now have been holding that reservation since day one – 
And then you see that Tesla opens reservations to anybody with uh, $2,500 and and wants to move forward with a high price one. They jump the line over you. That's got to piss you off. You might cancel. Plus, you've been waiting and waiting and waiting for your $35,000 car that Tesla now has no intention of making until next year. I know at least a half a dozen guys and a gal who wanted a three, dead set, going to get a three, going to get a three, going to three, have gotten S's while waiting. And one got an X. Right. Because they realize that this is a great car. Might as well get the one that they can get now and get rid of the one that they didn't want because it was a nice car. But would they have... Have you talked to them since this reservation opened to everyone? Would they have gone for the three fully loaded, whatever that's going to cost? 80000 If they could get it in two to four months. Good question. I, I thank did you. not. I, that's what I do on this show. I pose the question. So I think that, uh, yeah, a lot of people were reservation holders because of the concept. I was one of them. I put two reservations out there. But I think there's a lot of reasons that 25% of people are not doing it. One of them is because I didn't really need the car. And then when it comes down to it, I don't need this car right now. Or I got an S. Or I got an X. I know a lot of people, a lot of people that put the money down and have decided to get bolts and other things because of what you're talking about. It's like... The car I wanted is the $35,000 version. I haven't got the money for a $60,000 car. I want the $35,000. Since it's taking so long, they've said, I just need a car. And they've gone and got other cars. They didn't get an S. They didn't get an X. They got a Bolt. And you still have a three reservation? Yes, I do. Are you going to get your 1000 bucks? Yes, I just need to get off my okay. buttocks and get it. because right, So that's now... going to be three more canceled reservations because yes. it doesn't make sense for you guys to hold those reservations. Yeah. And there's probably a lot of them are that. So that's not necessarily that they don't support Tesla. I'm sure that's part of it. They're pissed and angry. That's where I would be with this, honestly. If I was the $35,000 car reservation holder, and now I saw that you could jump the line ahead of me, A, I'm potentially getting rid of my reservation because here's the other thing. You also, you may want to be first to get the $35,000 car. True. If that is a thing. So you want to keep your place in line potentially. But I don't know. There's got to be so much frustration and there's got to be so many different reasons why so many people would cancel. Again, you guys three reservations gone because you don't need the cars. You don't want the cars. You decided that that wasn't the car that you wanted to have from Tesla. Well, I'm a little bit more complicated because I'm stupid. For damn now, sure. I think we've already dealt with this, but <laughs> let me deal with this again. So I got the Model 3 reservations thinking my car, I'm going to be able to sell it because I bought my first Tesla and then I'm going to get a Model 3. Yeah, because you didn't want the big car. I didn't want the big car. So then what happens is that Tesla comes out with a Model S and they talk about fully self-driving software and hardware and I lose my my shorts and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I get a Model S. And that was over a year ago. And you know how much fully self-driving I've been doing in the last year? That'd be none. That would be zero. Yes. And so I bought this car and now I'm in a three-year lease and I can't get rid of it. And I wish I just had have taken a breath and said, wait, wait, get the Model 3. Because I really do prefer the Model 3 to the Model S. It's smaller. It's better for me. I don't want a $100,000 car. Perfectly happy with a $50,000 car. Thank you very much. So I wish I had waited. So I screwed up. I would have actually used probably both of those um, Model 3 reservations if I hadn't have gotten a Model S. Don't get me wrong. Beautiful car. But I'm, I'm more of the Model 3. But as of, of right now, so let's say somebody came to you right now and they said to you, Mel? Yeah. I will buy out the rest of your lease. On my S? Yeah, on your S. Thank for you. For $100 maybe a month less. 100 less. 
than you're currently paying. What's your lease? What's your monthly lease? If Another you painful question. I don't, I don't want to talk about fifteen hundred dollars a month. <laughs> okay, so let's say somebody that's said, insane. They'll, they'll, that's what I want to get rid of. They'll take over the lease. Yes. Would you do that today? Yes. All right, listeners, if you want to drive a very famous. Very stinky model. So smelly. So smelly. <laughs> then, Full of DNA. Now is your <laughs> chance. Send us an email. If you want to take over, if you want to drive an S for two years and only have the impact of maybe around $30,000, <laughs> A, wow, that's not a good idea. <laughs> but B, we're going to give you that opportunity. We only so we can hold Mel's feet to the fire. Oh, wow. I've looked at can I get out of that lease. Uh-huh. And it is very difficult, and they make it extremely hard for you to get out. At least yeah, there are places where you can go on and yeah. in this sort of aftermarket and have, try and people pick it up. But yeah. I don't know anybody be stupid enough to take my lease. From no, I, I'm surprised there's anybody stupid enough to get your. Oh wait, you're in the room. Sorry, so, <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> but the point is, I'd like a Model Three. But let's go further and let's talk about reservations and cash because this is a big theme which keeps coming mm-hmm. up. Please, Tom. What? Well, I mean. The other question is, let's say this, would you drive the three you currently have? What do you mean? I am driving it. Would you drive the three you currently have? If you got rid of your S tomorrow, Yes. would you drive the three you currently have, or would you be like, hmm, I like a dual three? Oh, I see. We're going to get to that because I have some thoughts Thank on that. Thank you so very much. But before we get there, Seeking Alpha. Okay. Okay, now we've already talked about Seeking Alpha. Seeking Alpha uh-huh. is absolutely 100% of the time negative on Tesla. Which is not necessarily no, a bad thing. There is one guy who 99. does write some 99.99% of But not a lot. Yeah. Yes. So there was this thing called Blue Dot, which is another sort of blog that came out and said, look at all the Model 3 reservations and things are really good here. And, and then Seeking Alpha redid the data in their spin, which is like, let's try in the worst possible scenario here. And they said this, look, Q3 is obviously very important for Tesla. They've got uh, lots of Model 3s made and sold, and uh, looks like they've got positive cash flow, but not so quick. Because when they go through things like credit card reporting, they show again that about 25% or more of these reservations are not going to be turned into cars and turned into fifty or $60,000 of pieces of cash for Tesla. That in July 17th of last year, there were 513 Model 3 reservations. 63,000 of these appeared. 513,000. Sorry. 513,000 reservations about a year ago for Model 3. It appears that 63,000 of these been cancelled if you follow sort of the credit card stuff. And currently, there has been a net increase of reservations of only about 8,000 per month. That's from July to April of this year. So lots of people canceled, but some more people put reservations in. But if you look at the net, it looks like only about 8,000 new gross reservations per month. So they go through this and say what that means is Tesla is trying to get to, you know, 10,000 cars a week, 5,000 cars a week. But if you look at gross reservations, they're only growing by 8,000 per month. So they're saying once you fill all of these three or 400,000 pent-up demand, it's going to die. That they really only need to build about 8,000 cars a month because that's the gross sort of net. But that's in one market where the cars are actually available and taking reservations. They're looking at the U.S. and wherever they're selling right now. There are more markets, but for now they're saying even in North America – and maybe some other markets, it's only 8,000. They're way going to overproduce. They've got a problem. But are they taking reservations in China? Yes. Yes. Are they taking reservations all over Europe? No, they're not taking them in Australia, the right-hand drive and that kind of stuff. So they're saying Tesla is in trouble. Go. 
two things. This number one feels like deja vu. All over again. I heard this with Model <laughs> S. <laughs> You're welcome. And so I heard this with Model S that, oh, everybody loves Model S. Great, great, great. Well, uh-huh. uh, whoever's going to buy them is going to buy them, and that's going to be it. Everybody else is going to stick to Jaguar, Audi, Benz, etc. Mm-hmm. Not that this army of new Model 3 owners, now I'm going to switch to the Model 3, are going to go out and talk to their buddies and girlfriends and co-workers and other family members and say, OMG, this is the most amazing car. This is what I'm hearing. People telling me there's a nurse who bought a car, Model 3. Oh my God, this car's so amazing. I can't believe it. Blah, blah. I was like, what do you think I've been talking about for like the last five years? No one and listens. So they, but they don't get it viscerally. They hear it. Everybody gets on a tangent, on a on a bent. Oh, I love this ice cream store. I love this God knows what. But when they actually experience it, they're like on, I don't know, drugs. They're intoxicated with it. And that will keep it spreading. That will keep anybody who was thinking of buying their Audi A4 or their little, you know, Mercedes or BMWs. And they will instead buy Tesla. As long as... There are enough superchargers to take us all across the country when we want to go visit grandma. So here's my take, and I think what you've said is very important. Worst case scenario, maybe Seeking Alpha is right. There's just too many of them. But I say this. In part, I am concerned about this 500000 a year for Model 3 because at the base price right now, $50,000 is too much for most people. $50,000 is not an entry-level car. It's a mid-level sort of car. So that price is too high. So for me, once they drop the price, if they really start producing $35,000 Model 3s, I think the Model 3 at $35,000 is a spectacularly compelling car. Even though the range is only 220 miles, it's still a spectacularly compelling car because it drives so much better than everything else at that price. Well, then they're going to start going after the Camrys, the high-end Camrys and Accords, the higher end of the next level down market. But it's not a slam dunk because I just took my friend Lawrence. Uh, He was going to buy a Model 3. Now, he is a particular type of person. He likes luxury cars. He buys a luxury car, keeps it for 10 years, buys another luxury car. He's like, I've really been hurting a lot about this Model 3. So I took him for a drive. He drove it around. And then at the end of it, and I've videoed this and I haven't edited it, but we'll put it on YouTube. I'm like, so you're going to buy a Model 3? He's like, nope. Why aren't you going to buy a Model 3? Because it doesn't have all the luxury bits and bobs that I want in it. And for $55,000, I can go buy a Lexus or a BMW and have all those extra luxury features, which I want. Was he specific about that? What those items were? Just like, he's like, uh, where's the dashboard? Where's the lovely knobs? Where's the ventilated seats? It doesn't have those things Mm. which I could get for the same price. And I'm like, what about the drive? He's like, I don't care about the drive. My gas car is fine. He drove the car? He drove the car. He felt the acceleration and the the handling and everything. And didn't care. To him, it was all about like the plush seats and the knobs. I mean, I've had this discussion with other folks who considered buying an S and moving down from a 7 Series BMW or a 550 Mercedes or whatever. And they say it's the same thing. It's not as nice. It's not as well finished on the inside. And now with the non-leather seats, I think people would probably have even more of a beef with the car. (laughs) Anyway. That's funny. But, you know, do we need everybody to drive a Tesla? No. Okay. We need a lot of people to buy them. We need a lot. Well, we we either need a lot more people to drive Teslas or a lot more better electric cars from the rest of these slow-ass behemoths who clearly are not putting their 
cars out. So I don't know how this will go down, whether people will really want the bits and bobs or if it's the drive. I can tell you, I don't really care about all the, the luxury bits, the drive of the car. And I'm not a, you know, a, a big car driver kind of person, but it's so nice. I can't even drive a gas car. I was in Australia and I rented a little gas car yeah. to drive around. They're undrivable after yeah. you've been in a Tesla. Like, what is wrong with this thing? Stop. You're making yeah, me want I don't know. I'm getting anxious because I'm thinking that the estimate that I have for the amount of time it's going to take to fix my car. Oh, how long is that? Yeah, this is the part that kills. Three months? It's going to be months because it's going to take two to three weeks just to get the parts because Tesla is still kind of slow on the parts. It's going to take three to four weeks to repair the car. Three of those weeks, if it was four weeks, is just for the left rear corner panel. The fender back there, you know, next to your back Mm -hmm. window and behind the, the rear door Evidently, that piece of aluminum is riveted with like 60 plus rivets and bonded with all these glues so that they actually have to like peel this thing away from the car and then carefully reinstall it. That takes like a three-fourths of the time of the repair of the car. So if you're going to get hit, do not let them hit your rear end. This is another thing that Seeking Alpha said, and I think is true, that there is a lot of people that are very concerned about the service and the repairs on a Tesla. And they're sitting in the wings with their $1,000 waiting for those shops and this repairs to improve. Now, Tesla and Elon have said specifically, yes, we know we're slow. Yes, we're going to make this faster. We're going to do it in-house and we're going to have 24-hour turnaround time. And if I was sort of on the fence, I would too, after hearing all these stories, be like, if I get a little ding and it takes a month to get my car back, let me just sit on the fence a bit longer until they speed that thing up. To be clear, what he was referring to were minor body repairs. Yes. Like replace a bumper, not like take Robert's yeah, car can't get parts. and replace but doors that's the point, and that windows. Even the minor stuff takes forever right True. now. True. They have to fix that. Well, or I'm... again, a whole bunch of people that would otherwise buy are not going to buy because it's a pain in the butt. Well, another reason for that, I mean, at least locally in Los Angeles, is because there's a company that basically is the body shop for all the Teslas around here. We have a lot of Teslas in there. means they get into a lot of accidents. So there's no infrastructure for that because Tesla doesn't do its own body work. And this is the problem. And that's another reason why they may Mm -hmm. not sell as many as they hope. The third reason that I think is really important Mm -hmm. is that it's a sedan. And here in the United States, I don't know what's happening in the rest of the world, but sedan sales overall, not just Tesla, but for everybody, have gone down a lot. People really prefer sort of the SUV version, the Model Y version. And it really brings up the question, and I'm sure Tesla knew this, and they've already said that they believe that they could sell two or three times as many Model Ys as Model 3s at about the same price. Why didn't they just go straight from X to Y and skip the three, knowing that there is a shrinking market for sedans in this country? Answer me that. Because I don't think when they started the design process that there was a shrinking market for sedans in the United States. That's kind of relatively new. New? And the Mm -hmm. reason, unfortunately, that it's relatively new is because, again, petrol is artificially low in this country. Ford announced they're going to stop making all sedans because they sell so many SUVs. And for car companies, the economies are this. It basically doesn't cost that much more for them to build an SUV as it does a sedan. 10 or 15% more metal at that scale is not a lot of money. A little bit more paint. The same design process has to go into it. Same engineering, all that other stuff. But the margins are so much higher. So if you're looking at it from a very pure business perspective, I make more profit per unit. And if they only make those, they can even make them cheaper and 
you know, volume, volume, volume. Plus, a lot of the SUVs are just built on truck chassis. So right. they already have the infrastructure mm-hmm. and the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, again, asked the question. I hope they can sell 500,000 a year to keep them profitable so that they can get to Y, because I think Y is going to be the killer. But if they can't, and this is where, again, buying Tesla stock is still a very dangerous deal. If they can't sell as many as they'd hoped, they're going to be in serious financial trouble. Now, if once it gets out there and everybody sees it and goes, oh my gosh, this car is so much better than every other car out there at the same price in terms of drive, they'll have no problem keeping demand up. But 500,000 a year is more than, that's 10,000 a week. Yes, almost. Oh, okay. So, but you can look at the Seeking Alpha article, and you can think about the sixty-three thousand uh, that appear to have been canceled, and you can say, "Well, but there was still a gross increase." But if those sixty-three thousand hadn't been canceled, and there were all those new orders, right? You'd be looking at over six hundred thousand, six hundred and fifty thousand orders. That's a lot. Those sixty-three thousand, just at the thirty-five thousand dollar price, is two point two billion dollars in revenue. That's a lot of money that Tesla is leaving on the table. How many of those got turned into S's? Who knows? It's hard to to speculate on that. I lent my Model 3 for two days to a friend of mine when I was out of town. Yes. He liked it. Yes. He didn't love it. Mm. He definitely came away with the impression like it's a great car for $35,000, but it's not a great car for the amount that they're currently charging for it. And if you think about the design aspect of it, too, it is very minimalist inside. And so that only appeals to a very small amount of people. Meh, I don't know. A lot of people no, it does. I mean, don't even pay attention to what car they drive. I They're guess. like, I don't know. It's a car. I get in it and I go, let me just say that this is making me nauseous. What yes. is this and I just need to close this out by right. referring to the yes. Wall Street Journal. Yes, okay. we love the Wall Street Dan Journal. Dan Neal is their automobile expert. We love Dan. July 19th. That's recently. Yes. Yeah. He wrote an article. Enter stage left, humming. I've borrowed a new 2018 Tesla Model 3 Performance from the factory in Fremont, and now I'm quietly tearing the hide off the switchback road in the hills, the grass gold hills near Silicon Valley. I'm going to skip down because I don't want to read the whole thing to you, and neither do you want me to. That's true. But it says here, I'm no financial analyst, but I do know cars. If you were hoping Tesla would fail on account of the Model 3, I've got bad news. This thing is magnificent, a little rainbow farting spaceship, so obviously representative of the next step in the history of autos. I know there are a lot of Tesla bears, haters, and cynics out there. Tesla boss Elon Musk makes it easy. But in the spirit of clarity, I think we can all agree many brilliant people are putzes. (laughs) I read that article as well, and... In the end, if you'd like my summary, and you don't, but I'm giving it to you anyway, I think the Model 3 is going to do fine because it looks beautiful, it drives beautiful, it is a great car. It's a different kind of car for some people. They're not going to like it. But it is a great car. And you cannot, once you go Tesla, you can't go back. It's just so much better. But like you said, before you even mentioned that article, most people don't care what they're driving. They don't care about performance. Enough people do. They don't care about... Enough people do. I Once they've driven a Model 3, they'll care. Yeah, I can tell you. 
That's the best way to convert people. Let me just give you some numbers before we move on. Look, so a lot of this depends on, as I said before, I think once they get to 35,000, they'll sell a ton of these. Can they build them and still be profitable? They say, yes, we will see. Right now here in the United States, the rear wheel base version with long range battery is the cheapest one you can get. And that is $49,000. And it has a zero to 60 of 5.1 seconds. The dual motor is now available, has been for a couple of weeks. They take a couple of months to get to you, but uh, again, you have to get the long-range battery. That's $53,000 or $4,000 more to go 0 to 60, about 0.6 seconds faster. And then the performance edition, which everybody's all excited about, is $64,000. That's the base, $64,000, so $15,000 more than the cheapest Model 3 right now, 0 to 60, 3.5 seconds delivery in two to four months. And you have to ask yourself the question, is 1.6 seconds worth $15,000. But that's not even the pure real number because you can't even get any of those cars unless you add the premiums. Exactly. You've got to add the premiums. So the true base right now for the Model 3 Performance Edition is close to $80,000. Is that an $80,000 car? Again, my friend Lawrence is like, that is not an $80,000 car. I can get a pretty high-end BMW and Mercedes with a lot of bells and whistles. But I say... It won't go zero to 60 in 3.5 seconds and make no, you feel it, good about yourself. No, it won't, Lawrence. <laughs> no, it won't. Lawrence, we're talking to you, Lawrence. So I suggest you go check out Teslanomics. They've got a short review of the performance edition there. He did a wonderful job as always. And again, he goes over the same sort of thing. Like if you want a car that's just fast and grabs the road, I don't care. There is not a car for sixty dollars to $80,000 that can come close to Model 3. But it is not a luxury car in the traditional sense. Right. If you're a driver and you're buying a driver's car, an Audi, a Porsche, something like that, you should look at a Model 3. Do True. yourself a favor and look at that car. It makes me laugh when people with very <laughs> fast cars come next to me and kind of want to drag. I'm like, please. I've, all, I've watched drag times. You've got no chance. They've all learned their lesson at this you, point. You might also check out Marcus Brownlee's 11-minute YouTube on the Model 3 performance. He was one of the first oh, to get Marcus it. Oh, Marcus got one? He's so he's, good. Yeah, and he did a great uh, YouTube on that. It's actually, I think he he's boycotting YouTube and using a different... Uh, server, but check it out. And finally, I would say this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, just for fun, I thought, I wonder if there's any pre-owned Model 3s yet, because that would be interesting. Hmm. Like, because there is a group, and you see them on YouTube, a number of people who bought the first Model 3, who now want the performance edition, they've got a little extra cash, apparently, and they just want to sell their original Model 3 and get the performance edition. Quite a few YouTubers I've seen saying the same thing. But... I saw no pre-owned Model 3s on the official Tesla site. On the official Tesla website, but there are some for sale on CarGurus. Oh, is there a price? Give me a price on okay, something. Okay, so we're looking here. 2018 Tesla Model 3 long-range rear-wheel drive. It has 250 miles on it. 250. It's, it's located in California. It is currently is it my for, house? It is currently <laughs> for sale for $50,000. That's ridiculous. So you could have one today if you want. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, there's and all of these are well, there's one in Florida you could have for fifty six thousand. It has three hundred and sixty five miles on it. Uh there's another one in Kansas for fifty three thousand with five thousand miles on it. So they're out there. They're starting to come. So when these prices start to drop into the thirty thousand dollar range, you can get model S's in the mid forties easily now. So when these start to drop into the mid thirties, it'll be interesting. So uh let me continue on. Um can I say the supercharger network is Tesla's not so secret source? 
Oh, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why. You ready? Because it's summer here in North America and it's hot. And I've done a lot of trips recently. I usually don't do that much driving, but I've done a lot of trips to the forest, to friends, to the University of California's. And in any other EV, these three or 400 mile trips would be um, painful. But in the Tesla, super fun, healthy ride, drive for about three hours, charge for about 30 minutes, drive for another couple of hours. And even Grandpa's Bolt which is really a great car and he loves it, you could not do these trips. It's a great car, the Bolt, great car for around town, little trips. But you're not taking the Bolt to San Francisco. Thank you very much, Grandpa. It's a pain in the butt. So the supercharger network is good. It's fantastic. It turns it into a real car, but it's still not fast enough. So I'm super excited about version three of the supercharger. It's fast. How is it not fast enough? It's still not fast enough because a lot of the time you've got shared with other people and it's a lot slower than... They're saying Supercharger 3 will be two to three times faster, purely solar, lots of battery. So imagine charging 10 minutes, getting 200 miles, like a real 200 miles range, like a real 10 minutes. That would be sweet. And on that note, Christy Morgan, who's a listener, said, Great Scott! 120 kilowatts. Remember back in uh, season two when we used to ask people to send us pictures of the fastest charging you could possibly get, the theoretical fastest charge you can get, is 120 kilowatts. And it turns out that Christy did it in her Model 3, 120 kilowatts, and that equated to a rate of 487 miles per hour. Great Scott! And the charge was about a third of the battery was full at that point. So fantastic. We're going to give you a prize yet to be determined. Or we probably won't. Because, you know, we have prizes that we don't actually send to people. I know. We forgot to send the uh, Model 3 over there. Now, Rob has an article here from The Guardian, which basically says the same wonderful, thing. Wonderful. A wonderful article just that, came out. That if you don't have a supercharger network charging even in England on the non-supercharger network, bit of a pain in the buttocks. Yeah. This fellow took a ride from London all the way up. I think it was to Scotland. I'm looking for the website right now. But the point of the matter is that he used a variety of different chargers He took a Tesla Model S, thankfully, and he said that he went to, you know, places and they show a really nice graph where he got like 13 miles of range per hour or he got all the way up to the Tesla. The Tesla superchargers, they were the bomb. All the rest of them, and there are like over 30 different providers of medium to fast charging in England, and they have different websites and different methods for, like, logging on and different payment methods, and there's no standardization. And basically, the bottom line was, unless you have a Tesla, it's a pain. So I love that article because I've been telling that to people, and you just don't get it unless you have an electric vehicle that's not a Tesla and you want to drive a long way. Here in the United States, it's exactly the same way. There's a multiple different charges. They're not that fast. How you pay for them, where are they? It's a big pain in the butt. They're great for little short jaunts when you go to the mall and you plug in for an hour or two. But if you want to drive a long way, there is still only one electric car in the United States. What's that one? It's called a Tesla. Oh, interesting. And yeah. I don't see that changing even with Volkswagen putting in billions of dollars because they were bad people and putting in a charging network. The charging network is absolutely key. It turns it from a car that's good for 95% of the time to 99% of the time. 99.9. Well, it depends. We need more. Yeah, we need more. There's still, in California, where you can't, like, go poopy pants without hitting a supercharger, there's still not enough, particularly when you want to go off the beaten track, you want to go deep into the desert, you want to go deep into the forest, you still need some more charges there. I went to Yosemite, I went to Mammoth, it was great. But if you wanted to go sort of off the beaten path even more than that, 
eh, there still needs to be a few more superchargers there. But 99.9% of the time, the Tesla is the bomb. Now, Robert's got another article here, which I found fascinating, which is a website which tracks Tesla slash Elon's promises over the years. <laughs> it's actually a beautiful website with great graphics. Please explain some of the high points. Well, it's like, uh, how do you know what Elon time is? That's kind of how I came to this. And this is from Tom Randall. He's another frequent contributor in the world of Tesla. And, you know, if you click on the article, it's in Bloomberg. There's like this floating Elon head that says it's probably somewhere between maybe 40 to 100 years to achieve a fully self-sustaining civilization on Mars, which is like the most bizarre floating uh, idea that he's had. But it basically, you can go through here and have a lot of fun thinking uh, or looking into the different projects that Elon has been into between SpaceX, Tesla, Boring Company, and the Neuralink, which is his, uh, and this has been Turns written about, he's not the only one, mm-hmm. but a way to more quickly interface between computer information and processing power and your human brain. I thought it was really entertaining, and I recommend everybody take a quick look at it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, in general... He tends to overpromise, and he said this was Not a problem. Always. He said this was a problem, right? His brother used to tell him to come to the school bus a half hour early, so that way he'd actually show up on time. And so I don't know. I mean, maybe from all of this, we can put it into an AI, and it can do an interpretation, right? There's somebody at the shareholders meeting who sits on the side and provides American Sign Language for the folks who can't hear. There might be another person who sits on the side and makes or a computer that can tell us when Elon says, you know, the boring company is going to have a tunnel that's, you know, three miles long and we're going to have it done at the end of the year. And then the computer says uh, 2022. <laughs> now, almost always behind, but in some things they're actually ahead. And I was, it's interesting to note that the Gigafactor is actually kind of ahead of the initial estimates, which is exciting. Yes. Because we need that Gigafactory. Let's talk about SpaceX very quickly. SpaceX has been busy and they've been doing things like sending up rockets and relanding them. What? Elon has said... SpaceX sends up rockets? Yeah. Yeah. And he's been saying like, we want to get this to be boring. It's not boring yet. And so the one big thing that they haven't done yet is catch the fairing. They've upgraded the boat. They've increased the size of the catchy mitt. But the last rocket they sent up just a few days ago, they couldn't use it because the seas were too bad. But they did land the rocket on a barge in terrible weather. Worst ever. Unbelievable. Yeah, they said it was uh, the highest shear winds and the choppiest seas that they have ever landed the rocket on. And it was in the middle of the night, so it was very dark. But you see the flash come down, and then you see this, like, there's always like a burp at the end of the landing. And then everything was black. There was no explosions or anything. And they stuck the landing. It was pretty spectacular. Impressive. Now, they've been firing up sort of Block 5, which is sort of version 5 of their rockets, which allows them to go very fast and very high and to be able to reuse it. So the first reuse of a Block 5 rocket, you know, the first time it flew was just a few weeks ago. Their first reuse is going to be on August 4th, which is going to mean 12 weeks between when it first went up and when it went up again... That's quick. And then what they're going to do two weeks later is fly it again. So they're trying to get to this place where Elon, I believe, said that they're going to be able to use this Block 5 rocket 10 times before they have to, like, take it apart and screw the bolts back together. So this is going to be interesting to see if they can do it. They went from 12 weeks, they're going to try and do it in two weeks, and then ultimately they want to get to a 24-hour turnaround time for this new rocket. And in September, they're going to do a launch from Vandenberg, And they've actually built a landing pad at Vandenberg. We have to go. 
Ooh. Because it might crash. September what? Fourth, I think. Well, I'll be here still. Woohoo! Exciting. A friend of mine went up to Vandenberg to, he's a photographer, and went up to Vandenberg to shoot and time lapse and do all this great stuff from the last rocket yes. meeting thing. And uh, unfortunately, as so often happens at Vandenberg, he was sucked in. It was so sucked in, he couldn't take a picture of his hand in front of his face. Yeah. Which is a bit upsetting. Yeah, the, the images that were streamed by SpaceX were pretty, like, you couldn't see anything until the rocket got, like, about a 1,000 feet up above the marine layer. And then you could start seeing things. But you know what they did differently this time? What did they do differently? SpaceX created a Spotify playlist that you would play in association with the events of the launch. So at, like, T-minus 10 minutes and 30 seconds, you would hit play on their Spotify playlist. It's called the um, Iridium Launch Playlist. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of did sort of go with the launch, but I didn't really What were the songs? Get, there, there we was like, <laughs> are the champions, more friends, or Rocket Man. Uh, you know, I was more watching the launch than I was listening to the playlist, but I did try to listen to the playlist. It's Mr. Steven... The ship. That's the catchy it's really a, It's really a her, right? Ships are a her, but it's called Mr. Mr. Steven. I made the mistake of putting out on Twitter that are they going to have a Mrs. Stevens to catch fairings on the East Coast? And I got kind of pummeled by the ship people. They said, you know, they're all female. Even Mr. Stevens is female. female. And then I just got really confused. And I, I just thought of like Look, uh, you're a physician. that you're supposed to understand television kind of show. Things. Yeah, that there you're... are uh, five songs on this playlist. Yeah. And what are they? Go. Slowly by Girafage Metosik. Never heard. Branches Break by Gogo Penguin. Never heard. Outer Space by Chloe. Never heard. Eight hundred and seventy-five dollars by Deluxe. Never heard. Sleeping and Falling by Jeanti. Never heard. Okay, here you got lame first. playlist. On talking Tesla, uh, just because you. you've never heard of it doesn't look, mean it's lame. That is uh, so ridiculous. Is a, look, if it was Abba, Cold Chisel, uh, Abba, 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 Cold Abba, Chisel, Abba, Abba, Abba then Abba, it would be good. Cold Chisel, Abba, <laughs> Abba, 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 Cold Chisel, Abba. Uh, maybe Cannon Crows. <laughs> what? Wow. So this was their fourteenth launch this year. That's a big is number. Is this a record? Well, I don't know if this is a record year for them, but I'm holding a graph in my hand. I actually I think I tweeted this out. This is the awarded global commercial launches by market share. And SpaceX started in 2013. Yes. And at the, you can see they're just a little bit of a bar, like maybe 7%. So this is all the commercial launches into space, and Tesla's got a little tiny piece of it. Right. And the biggest part of the graph is Russia has probably, I don't know, like, Close 50%? to 50, 60% yeah, of the market. Yeah, yeah. And then Tesla, I'm sorry. Oh, here I keep making this Freudian slip. SpaceX makes a jump in 14, a little less in 2015 because they had a blow up. And then 16, 17, and in 2018, they're going to have like 60 plus percent of the market. They have, like, if you look at the Russian bit, which used to be 60%, and it's now like 5%. It's like they've switched places, Russia and SpaceX. And this is very interesting because there was sort of a national security issue here in the United States. People worried like the only big rockets that can send stuff up into space are Russian. And now NASA just signed the dotted line with SpaceX to use the BFG. BFG? BFR. BFR. Big <laughs> that was actually, BFG rocket, was yeah. uh, from um, Doom. The BFR into space. So um, nice work. Finally, I want to do, before we do letters, 
I want to talk about the boring company. This is from Teslarati. And, um, you know, the boring company is going to do this test track. They're going to do it from LAX and they're going to sort of go up the Culver City and maybe to the San Fernando Valley. And there's some genius that uh with too much time on with his way hands, too much time on his hands dude, this was during seven straight shifts that found out where they're going to pop up i guess so they're going to go from hawthorne and then they're going to dig under the ground and they're going to pop up and have a station somewhere in sort of the culver city west la area and the genius that worked out where the hell it was was run robert rosenblum who's been picked up by people like Teslarati and others robert what the hell this is an exclusive you be the man. Well, How did you I, do you know, this? The funny thing is, I thought everybody knew about this, but Apparently maybe not. Maybe not that many people know about it. It's but the, a freaking empty parking lot on Sepulveda with a corrugated fence with a freaking spray painted logo. Yeah, everybody knows. There's about no logo. That. There's no logo. You... Tesla Roddy added the logo. Those... Robert found where they're going to build this thing. Okay, so it's amazing. How did you do this? What did you do? That's actually even more amazing. So you were driving by an empty lot. No, so let me and... be clear about this. <laughs> yeah, please. please be clear. Back in January, okay. I think it was January or February, mm-hmm. I went to the Culver City City Council. Oh, that's right. That's where right. they were having a meeting, uh-huh. the boring company was presenting we want to dig under cover city mm-hmm. can we please have permission and they got sort of torn to shreds and they presented some information which included a map i like maps you do yes You're i love a fan. maps and so that map shows the route mm-hmm. that they were proposing to send of course it the does. tunnel and so then i went to the boring company meeting up at the stephen wise temple that mm-hmm. was just maybe a month or two ago i got invited thank you spacex for inviting me You're it's really nice if you do invite us because we then tell the story for you. We do. Because I don't know that you tell the story so well yourself. <laughs> and so I went to that meeting. And again, they talked about it. And around that time, I found out from a friend of a friend about this real estate deal that was done. And then it was a purchase of land by Elon somewhere around Pico and Sepulveda Boulevards. Nice area. And then... It was let out that there was a place there that had firewood, and I knew exactly where that was. So I'd been going there, and I'd been looking, and it basically just cleared the space. There's like an empty trailer from a trailer truck that says, be careful, there could be explosives inside, or it could be explosive, which I thought was interesting. Somebody had said that that's probably because it was on a container ship, and sometimes they collect I don't know, stuff or something happens inside the container truck that it could be kind of explosive when you open it, but it's not explosives. I don't quite understand. Now, I went back there last week and there's piles of rails, like these 14-foot long rail sections, and there's a lot of them, all piled up, but there's no hole. There's no big digging equipment. And I don't think Gary has a shot in hell of getting to this site this year. Gary being the snail, which the boring company would like to be faster than in terms of its digging is that, speed. Why don't you think it has a shot in H-E double hockey sticks of getting to this uh, area? Because Gary doesn't move that fast. But I All did right. go down to the boring company today, and I looked at their site. I took a bunch of pictures. I have some video. Mm-hmm. We should stitch this all together into oh. a little montage. We should. And there are a ton of uh, sections. How of- much of a ton? I would say a ton. Thank you. Of wow. these sections of concrete that are look at that semi rounded that would be for the wall yeah. of the um, prefabricated concrete. Uh, so he's showing us I a picture say. of what looks like a lot of activity at this site that is secret that you broke the news 
It's a secret. It's not a secret. It's a well, it's gigantic site next to SpaceX. And that hasn't been a secret since the day they opened it. <laughs> okay, well, it's, but, you know, sort of they're taking people on tours of it. Well, it's uh, secret, they took but a, they take tours. <laughs> they took a bunch of the uh, students from the Hyperloop competition okay, so last secret, weekend. They take students and tours. Uh, but it's secret. Yeah. And then the security guard came by and said, I can't take pictures. It's secret because he said you should go on. <laughs> yeah. I said, really? I said, there's a parking space right here. I could be picking up a, a bag yeah. of manure from Lowe's. Did you ask him, by whose authority are you throwing me out of this spot? Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's do letters. I just wanted to give some props to Robert, who has no life, and yet... <laughs> with a life, it's just surrounded by Tesla. It's so good. I mean, we have him here on the show. It's why you need to listen every week. It's certainly not because it's interesting. Now, so let's do some letters. First of all, Stephen Smith. Stephen Smith is from the United Kingdom, and he's got a daughter that's 11, and I know she's very nice because of this. She's so enamored by people who have electric vehicles, and the fact that those electric vehicles are saving the planet, and the fact that they're reducing pollution, and making people like her, at 11 years old, not have to breathe in bad carbon deposits, that she actually made up these little cards that she says thank you for having an electric car and thinking about the world and she puts them on these electric cars when they're driving through the beautiful uk and uh stephen to your daughter thank you so much i think that would be pretty cool to get a little card saying thanks for what you do for driving your electric car make it all worthwhile it's very good it's, yeah, it's awesome it. beautiful story it's pretty cool now we've got a couple of these pam johnson in the twitter said so glad that talking tesla is back i was in a funk for about a week when you left in the fall me too she said a week that's <laughs> I not know. that long <laughs> i mean she doesn't know us how much of a funk should I wanted she be, her in? To be brokenhearted to oh, the point of never yeah. that's know, real nice listening Mel. to another podcast again right. <laughs> don't hurt yourself pat yourself on your back about she, your show she Bye. said yippee i drive a model uh, 75d and love talking about and listening to all things tesla but pam really a week <laughs> that's like that's like breaking up with a girl after three years and she's like, I was devastated for two to three you days. You are such a narcissist that you know. have a beautiful message somebody sends Just via saying. Twitter. Pam? Mostly to Robert. That's all we meant to you? She led with Robert. That's all we meant Thanks, Pam. <laughs> we love you. Thanks. Thanks John for listening. Two thirds of us appreciate you. I just, Pam, I thought, I thought we meant more to you than that. <laughs> He's got, you know, post uh, traumatic oh breakup syndrome. He's so it's broken. True. It's upsetting. <laughs> Pam, just a week. Hey, uh, John McQuinn has a little note here, and it's about uh, California high occupancy vehicle. Oh, say decals. it again. Please say it one more time. <laughs> HOV decals. <laughs> now, here in uh, California, what you can get is an HOV sticker, which is basically if you've got. Now, basically, an electric car or a mm -hmm. hydrogen car. You slap the sticker on, it allows you to drive in the lane where nobody else can drive unless there's like 20 people in there or they've got an electric car. Well, none of that is true. And, um, <laughs> and in traffic, sometimes back in the day, it used to be really useful because you could blow through the traffic because these lanes, which were designated for 20 people in a car or an electric car, uh, were really useful. I don't think they're actually useful at all no, anymore fact, because today, they're slower than the rest of the yeah, Today on the way here, I sat in the HOV lane in autopilot and I watched like oil tankers zipping by. <laughs> exactly. I was just, just. And here's so my sad. take on the HOV lanes. Yeah. I don't want to put those damn ugly ass stickers on my car, but I'm still mm. using the lane. <laughs> uh -huh. So, what are it, they going to do? There is the occasion when these HOV lanes actually are useful every now and then. But anyway, the point of this was that they are expiring. I didn't know this either. The original ones, the white ones, there were green ones. The, the white ones are expiring. In order to use these lanes officially, you have to send some money to California. They're now red 
And the red ones, if you've got one and I have them on my Model 3, are good until 2022. So they took a perfectly good white sticker, which looked barely awesome on a white the, car, the red, and now they made them terrible. red. red yeah. It looks Why? terrible. Why do I have to ruin the look of my car with right. their hideous stickers? I Give have an me idea. a license plate that allows me to use the HOV. Give me anything else. Yeah. How about this? If you're a police officer and I'm driving a Tesla... Don't pull me over. Right. I, I might want to be in there. It's about the law. It's about following order and making it sometimes quite confusing. It makes me twitch. In, in this case, if you have a white sticker on your electric car, and I'm just going to be generic here, mm-hmm. you need to get a red sticker for it to work beyond 2019. And the problem is that you uh, are only eligible for a red sticker if you bought your car after January 1st of 2017. So if you bought it before that, you can't go from white to red. And now, nowadays, if you want the sticker, you can't get the state rebate of $2,500. You have to choose between the two. Let me give you uh, – and now most of you here in California – Is that confusing? Uh, it's very confusing. I'm confused. But people outside the country, outside California don't care. But let me tell you a little secret. Those stickers don't mean anything. In the history of California, nobody has been pulled out of the uh, lane because they didn't have the sticker on their Tesla. No, I bet I think you that is once not in a while, true. There once is every, a... Okay, once every 1.6 billion years, my wife has a Model X. There's no stickers. It's not a problem. I just don't see the... Poli- They've got bigger issues than pulling over Teslas. Where's your sticker? Well, in some places, for example, Santa Monica, California, you don't have to pay at the parking meter if you have a HOV sticker on your car. Whether or not the white sticker will continue to work for that, I don't know. Or The white and the green are the ones that are going away, I think. Well, that was a letter from John McQuinn. And we have another letter from John McQuinn. And he says, I didn't think I'd miss this podcast, but I was wrong. I really didn't miss this podcast. Welcome to (laughs) (laughs) Here's another one from John Otto Sundy. Or John Adasud. You're back. Wow. We just came back from a 10,000-kilometer, 21-country trip in our Tesla this summer. Holy mackerel. And uh, I discovered that you're back. It's the best surprise Aww, ever. That's that is amazing. sweet. Kevin Jackson says this, Elon contributing to the Republican pack to control Congress. So this oh. was a little bit of fake news. A so little bit. A little Kevin bit. has this great yeah. thing, and he's like, look, uh, let me be very clear. I am a man who is a Democrat, black, and gay. So when I heard that uh, Elon was giving money to uh, the Republican pack, I lost my poopy. And then he goes uh, and follows up and goes, oh, turns out this is a fake story. My bad. <laughs> now, actually, Kevin, it's not actually a fake story because the follow up on this, and it was all over the news that Elon gave money to a Republican, um, what are they called? What's pack. the pack? What's a political, political action, committee. action committee. And Elon said, actually, I did. But let's be clear. I did that because I want to have a stake in the games. The only way you can get some congressmen to open the door is if you can say you've given them money. But let's be clear. I gave more than tenfold to the non-Republican political action committee. So he actually did do that. But he was very pragmatic. He's like, I want to be able to talk to some of these people. The only way to do it is to give them a bit of cash. But I gave most of the cash to some other people. I think that's not true. And it's focused on climate change. It's focused on the future. He's focusing his money towards that. And in states like West Virginia, if you want to sell electric cars directly to consumers, you need to influence some people so that you can compete with the dealership model. And if you're a Republican congressman yes, and Elon Musk sends you an email or a message or a mail or whatever way of communicating with you, yeah, answer the damn phone. 
I don't answer think so. the email. It's Elon Musk. He wants to talk I to you. I think they hate Elon Musk. So this is more to point out how screwed up and ridiculous mm-hmm. our political system is in this country. I hadn't but, noticed. But uh, yes, Elon uh, did do that. Mm-hmm. Anthony Crisp. Anthony. He says, look, I'm a big car guy and a uh, truck guy, and I want an X, but I'm trying to talk the wife into it. And uh, he's having a bit of a hard time with it. But what he really <laughs> wants to know is, what's happening with new battery tech? And I will say this to you. There's all of this stuff in the news about solid-state lithium batteries, which right. are supposed to have five times the mm-hmm. density and are going to be fantastic yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And you'll hear about other companies that are using solid-state lithium. And Elon has said this a number of times, and Strobel has said this in the last couple of meetings. We scour the world for better tech. We are looking for better ways to do batteries. And I can tell you right now, they don't exist. They exist in the lab at MIT. They exist in the lab at Oxford. But they do not exist in a fashion that is usable right now. So uh, they are sticking with the technologies they have right now. They're trying to get to cobalt-free batteries, which they think they can get to. They have batteries now that are getting under $100 per kilowatt hour, which is the magic place. But all of this stuff that you read, and we all read it all the time, of a battery breakthrough, just remember... There's a difference between doing it in the lab and doing it at scale with gigafactories to put in your car. Tesla still has the best tech and can change the tech when it becomes available, as Strobel has said so many times. Right. I was going to say, Strobel, uh, on a number of recent meetings, said that they scour the world for the best technology. They are willing and anxious to talk to anybody who has something that might be able to go commercial. They have some of the best battery experts working for Tesla. And I'm confident that the work they're doing is already ahead of the cutting edge. They've reduced the amount of cobalt in batteries. Um, You know, I don't think you have to wait. Just buy it and use, you know, the code, Robert, uh, (laughs) 3177. That's so awesome. I could get maybe a charger. I mean, I mean that's okay. Or a that's an okay code. Not as good as Leaning 9300, but I mean, it's a good code. Don't get me wrong. The most interesting thing about this letter to me personally starts with, I have been listening to the show for six months. I recently found your podcast. I started from episode one on my drive to work. I love the podcast. Hope you keep it up, period. Currently on episode 133. Anthony, or if you know Anthony, you're in for a very rude awakening. At one point, that show stops. But for you, it won't because there'll be another episode right after. It's weird. Time is weird. Tom was talking about this before the show. For him, time will be linear. But for everybody else, there was a six-month gap. Yeah, yeah, that's really that's interesting. He'll think that we're hypocrites because he'll be like, we're ending the show forever. And then Next. literally he won't even have to wait a minute. And the the next next show will start. But what I want to know is, how can you possibly go back and listen to this garbage, (laughs) the hundreds of hours of this garbage? If you're a friend of Anthony's, you're at a very key decision point in your life. You can tell him that that the show ended and that he has a problem, or you can just enjoy the show. The day he's, he sees that it ends. I, I just think Anthony needs a CAT scan. It's so meta. David Warner says this. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming back to the airways into my ears, tickling the neurons in my brain. Consider this, and this is very important. The fans need you. They don't want you. They need you. Wow. That's that's wonderful. I feel so warm inside. I don't know if it's the Mescal or if it's David or if it's David and Mescal. 
Stephen Hines says the same thing. Welcome back, gentlemen. Thanks for restarting this excellent podcast. I was truly sad when I thought that you had moved on to other projects. I love the banter and the energy, and I just love it all. Keep up the good work. Two hours just fly by. Love the length of the podcast. And he's from Australia. He's from Australia. He's from Brizzy. Sheila Mickelson says, I haven't finished the first episode of season three, and yet I'm still all smiles. So happy and excited that you're back. Oh, Michael Presto. That was not even that hard. Michael Presto. <laughs> Michael Presto says, I'm so glad you guys are back. How are the kids in their stem cell transplants? Can I give you the update? Please. Here's the update. So uh, when we left during a particularly difficult time in my life, and the fact that we had seven Kenyans living with us, two of the boys getting stem cell transplants for sickle cell disease to cure them of that disease, I can tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, Baby Ryan, who is two years old, is cured of sickle cell disease. Wow. He's off almost all meds. He's still on penicillin, but he'll be basically off all meds. He has his sister's stem cells, and he's cured. Joffrey, little baby Joffrey, who is four years old, is basically cured. We're winning him off his meds. He's doing fantastically. The kids are doing fantastically. Thanks to UCLA, thanks to science for curing them from this devastating Terminal disease. And thanks to you and your family for taking them in and taking care of them during this very difficult time in their life. Thank Thank you, Tom. It's been 10 months. We've still got three or four months to go. It's been a remarkable story, which is going to actually be told on another podcast. Of course it is. Michael also asked, uh, which wheels are better for comfort? Since I've never driven Mel's uh, 15-inch hideously ugly aero wheels, I have no Mm. idea. They're not hideously ugly. They're not 15. I think they're not 18. 17, 18, 18, I think. 18, 18, 19. They're beautiful. They're fine. The hubcaps... I love them. So I've yeah. got these plastic things that they pop on there. These which are the cheese to... slicers. Yeah, and they're supposed to give you 5% Salami more range. Salami slicers, yeah. I'm not taking them off. I think they look fine. Yeah. I'm all about range. Those people that take them off who think they look ugly are wrong. But we don't know. They're beautiful. Uh, what, but Tesla themselves recently in the store started selling the center kit mm-hmm. for people who wanted to, to take the arrow off. That you can cover up the bolts, the lug nuts and stuff with a Why cover. Why would you take them off? They look fine. Some Everybody settle like down. Five percent. I like the way the wheels look without okay. the cover because they have that dark gray paint on. They're Variety. Beautiful. It is the spice of that life. That is true. Different strokes. Harry Hernan mm-hmm. says, I missed the show. Now I don't have to listen to Talking Teslas. Oh. It's so good you guys are back. Mm. Yeah, because Talking Teslas is another podcast that stole our name and they're f***ing lame. <laughs> 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 you know, they're kind of shorters. I, I listened to part of a couple of other episodes, and I just wanted to sell Tesla stock when I listened to them. Yes. Tim Bedford has a little uh, email here that says, look, you guys complained a lot about Bluetooth in the Model 3. As you may know, with Model 3, what happens is that uh, if you've got your app open, you can walk to the car. The car will automatically open and do all this stuff. And Tom and I were having some problems with that. I've got to tell you, I don't know what happened, but in the last month, my Bluetooth opening and closing of the car and stuff has been working absolutely perfectly to the point where I wish it was on the S and the X. But Tom says it's still not working properly for me. I still have problems with it occasionally, not recognizing my phone, you know, quite as fast as I would like. Sometimes I actually have to open the app, the Tesla app, to do it. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's because I have both Teslas in the app and sometimes I switch back and forth between the two of them. Again, if you have the app open and you're on your S, it won't open the doors of the three at that particular time. But that's not the main issue. There's other issues with Bluetooth in terms of like echo when making phone calls. Hmm. What? 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 
wow, that was really <laughs> that was really good. And I have a friend who I call pretty much every time I'm in my car. I have to hang up on him sometimes three times. You should tell your friend to get a new phone. It's it's not his phone though. It's my car. Really? That's causing the problem. Maybe I don't have I don't but have you, that many problems. You hear about, but you don't drive the three. So what are you talking well, actually, about? <laughs> actually, Tom went on this thing called the Google and did a search for. Uh, Bluetooth Model 3 Echo and found hundreds yeah, of Yeah, there's replies. a like, lot of problems. This is a problem. With people contacting Tesla and what? Tesla saying what? it's a what? problem with Bluetooth, <laughs> which is kind of typical Tesla. But I'll tell you this, it's not Bluetooth. <laughs> it's a Tesla. Well, I just got another update the other night. Oh, good. Yeah. I just got I've one been, today. I've been getting updates on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I'm finding the autopilot to be a lot cooler you know, I've had a problem where you're on the freeway and the, you're in the, the far right lane. Mm-hmm. Of course, if we were in England, it'd be the other way, right? Yes, we would. Yeah. So this is the United States. We're on the far right lane. And there are lanes to my right, you know, for people who are coming onto the highway. And so there's a portion there where my lane appears very wide. Yes. All of a sudden now, the lanes that the car is recognizing and showing me are very wide. And my car you know, sometimes merges a little bit too far into the middle of that wideness, uh-huh. but often it stays where it should. I find my car always wants to lean over to the right. And the other thing that I noticed about my car, and I drove a Model S with autopilot for a few days in Oregon. I rented one on Turo nice. recently. And it was an interesting experience. And that autopilot was different. Yeah. Not, not drastically different, but different enough. But what I find is that my Model 3, and I didn't see this in that S, the cars, even if they're in their lane, mm-hmm. it shows them in the graphical up thing, like moved over and over the lane, like in oh, my lane mm-hmm. a lot. Huh. Maybe you should go and get an update. Well, at I just the got an update maybe. today. Yeah. And so that's good that they're continuing to improve it. There are some stories there that uh, Tesla is now doing hundreds of millions of miles per month, I think it is now, something crazy like that. I was going to say, you know, to the autopilot team, now that we are like an hour and 50 minutes into this podcast. uh, They're not listening anymore. (laughs) Tesla, Mm -hmm. Uh autopilot team, if you're there, this is something you need to consider. You need to give us an ability to trim ourselves in the lane. In other words, if I'm in the HOV lane mm-hmm. and they're in the, and the traffic is kind of sluggish, like today. For example, sluggish. If, if I have to turn off autopilot and I have to drive manually so that I can keep my car to the left side of the lane so that the motorcycle splitting lanes yeah. can get by. Because if I don't, they get very pissed off and they can do bad things to your car. I've actually mentioned this before. I had some guy knock my mirror off as he was going by screaming the A word at me. Yeah. It does have a tendency to stay towards that right side of the lane for whatever reason. It's really disconcerting when you're driving next to a big rig truck because it feels like sometimes it hugs it even more. One other thing I noticed for all you Model 3 owners out there is when I'm driving behind a big truck, like a semi-truck or a box truck of any kind, it shows up on my display as a regular car. A Tesla car. A Tesla car. But in the Model S that I drove, and maybe yeah. you guys have the same yes. experience, it actually it is a truck. Yeah. That's interesting. I haven't – got to see that with my – yeah, the S definitely out. shows it as a big truck. Yeah. But you're saying the Model 3 just Does shows not, it as yeah. a – my Model S. 3 on autopilot only shows everything is a car. And it doesn't show motorcycles, 
at all. And I've got to say to you, uh, again, these HOV lanes. So you've got the freeway in mm-hmm. here in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, there's approximately 87 lanes. <laughs> and then there's one lane for the high occupancy vehicle Tesla EVs. And the problem with those lanes also is if the traffic is stopped and you're booking down that high occupancy mm-hmm. lane at 60 miles an hour, there's no physical barrier to stop people who are doing zero miles an hour to pull out in front of you. Yes. So I really don't think you should be using autopilot in those circumstances. It's probably going to get confused. Please turn off autopilot if you're booking at a large speed. Move over to the left and know that fellow human beings are going to pull in front of you doing zero miles an hour when you're doing 60. Now, to clarify, in that specific situation where you're going fast and there's nobody in the HOV lane, but the other lanes are stopped is what he's saying. Don't drive 60 because sometimes there's double yellow lines and... People will cross over at yeah, no, non-enter terms. It for has sure. happened to me. I can't believe people go full speed and they're just whipping past these yeah. people knowing human nature. I'm like, I drive it like 30 miles an hour and people get pissed. I'm like, but people are going to cut in front of me. And it happens all the time. Yeah. Brian Anderson, we like to Mr. call him Anderson. Mr. Anderson. Mr. Anderson says, look, hey, get the Patreon page back up because you're back. I'm happy. I'm Mr. Anderson. And I'd like to be a patron. And I want to patronizing you. Andy Kramer has missed us an enormous amount. He says we are by far, by far the best Tesla-oriented podcast out there. I can't express how happy I am. Keep up the good work, both in the podcast and in your personal lives. Hope the Kenyans are doing well. They are doing well. Thank you very much, Andy. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we end, what has been the most spectacular podcast we've done in the last month? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do a supercharger update, but first... Thanks to Robert for doing the tweener episode with the guys that urinate and sleep in their Teslas. A lot of people downloaded that, loved it a lot. Like 7,000 people listened to that. It was pretty cool. I got a lot of pearls from that. If you uh, don't get it, what we're going to do is the big show every month, we're going to try and come out on the first of the month. And then Robert and Tom and I will try and do some tweener episodes with some interesting stuff in between. Big show once a month, tweener episodes, supercharger update. For the last month. Since we last spoke, and we were in this room on the 20th of June, and it's been uh, 20, 30, 37 days, we have 51 new superchargers. <gasps> My heart is fluttering. Yeah. <laughs> None of which Mel will ever use. I'm not going to use any of them, and I'm so excited. And the one that caught my eye was this one. Now, Mel, can you tell me where this is? Uh, that is beautiful. There's green, green, blue um, skies, blue skies. That could be Hawaii. It's um, not. That could be it's uh, another island in the Pacific. Uh, Australia. It could be Australia. In fact, it is Australia. Yes. Where is it? This is Naruma. What? <laughs> That's not Australia. <laughs> I love the name. I thought Naruma. What a name! But it turns out that it's on the coast. Not too far. I guess it's north of Melbourne, which Naruma. is, I don't which know, is where you hail from, is it not? It is indeed. So between Melbourne and Sydney, so Melbourne is on the south, Sydney is on the east coast. You can go inland, and it takes about 10 to 12 hours, or you can go along the coast. Naruma looks like it's on the coast and near some big national parks. Shout out to Naruma. You got yourself a supercharger. How many uh, stalls? Four. Four. Four is enough. Four is enough. You know, Australia... You have to already have a quarter million dollars to buy Apparently, a model you have S. To be so. Very rich to have a car. Yeah, I didn't know my brother was so well off. Actually, I did the calculation. It was one hundred eighty-six grand. Does your for bro- a one hundred? Does your brother happen to have access to any of your bank accounts? <laughs> <My> <laughs> you brother. should probably check them my, if he my, does. My brother might be siphoning cash off. <laughs> what wow. the hell is going on? 
What does your brother do? My brother took over the family business, which is uh, oh. about centrifuges and agar plates and sort of medical stuff. And, oh. and now he's doing robots and making plastic. I don't know what he does. It's probably drugs involved and alcohol. It's Australia. If, so. uh, if, if you're Mel's brother <laughs> and you're listening and, and uh, you need any help, I could use a very high-paying Australian job. Yeah, you want to move to Australia? Why Is that not? all you have to say mm. about the supercharger update? 50-something? That's a 51. lot. I want to know when the new one comes into Calabasas, which is down the road from us. Yeah. Not that I'm ever going to use no, that No, you're never going to even it's see nice to it. Know it's Word I got from one of the head honchos running that company, mm-hmm. Caruso, was that both that one in Calabasas and the one in Pacific Palisades will be done by the end of September. What's taking so long? I don't know, because that thing, you know, Tom showed us piles and piles of Tesla crates like eight months ago. Been a while. Yeah. The other one in Thousand Oaks, which is along my pathway with the new uh, urban chargers, the 72 kilowatt chargers. Have you charged? Oh, no. The one in the Westfield. Not Westfield. uh, Westlake. Yeah. The Oaks. I've been to that one. Yeah, okay. I've been to that one. Every time I go there, it costs me a huge amount of money. Are you talking about the... Because you go to REI? The, because there's a freaking Nike store right next door. <laughs> 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 what about uh, Santa Cruz? My son's going to go to UC Santa Cruz, and they say that there's going to be a Santa Cruz supercharger at the Target by the end of the year. Is your son taking a car to school? No, he's not, actually. Well, not for the first year. Well, there's discussion, like, Tom. Can we have this discussion on the show? No, I mean, at the end of I, the two-hour show, son. sure, let's have it. I think that he should take a car to college because Santa Cruz point. is not that close to anything. In and of itself, it's a beautiful place. It's wonderful. And in the University of California at Santa Cruz, they say, like, we're not going to give you a parking lot. But if I was in college in Santa Cruz, I'd like a car because I'd like to go and drive and see the girlfriend up the coast. I'd like to go into the national parks on the weekends, but... They frown. There's, There's a lot no of frowning. He's supposed to be in school. He's supposed to be focused on what his studies. What about the weekends? Freshmen can have cars. But not on but campus. But they shouldn't have them. And the parking is very, very expensive. I did some charging on the campus of Corvallis. Well, not uh, f- let's back up. Not We're talking free. about University of Oregon, Oregon State, State University. Sta- Oregon State University. Beautiful. Correct. That's where you're doing Lovely. Going. Yeah. Here in the United States, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mm -hmm. for those people outside the country, it is a tradition to go away to college, to go to the other coast or go a long way away and then live on campus, particularly in that first year or two. Mm -hmm. Not so in Australia. When I was a young boy, you'd live at home and you'd go to the university down the road. Mm -hmm. But they really frown against you having a car in that first year because often there's not enough space. But also, I think basically it's a cult and they're trying to bring you in. No, I think it's everything is... Kind of provided they want you to stay on campus on the weekends and really get And they that. can actually keep a better eye on you. I think that's also part of it. You don't go off campus drunk, drink and you drive. Drink on campus like right. your forefathers did. Oh, my God. What is wrong so with So it you doesn't people? look like there's any superchargers planned in Santa Cruz. There's nothing listed on um, the supercharge info site. The closest is Los Gatos. You know, what's exciting about talking Tesla being once a month? It's like special. Is it Three weeks a month, I don't have to do it. No, it's a special time. So we get together. It's exciting. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name is Mel Herbert. His name is Tom Wolfson. That's, That's true. Robert Rosenblum. His car is a mess. Is a mess. He almost killed somebody in an SUV because of his low center of gravity. It wasn't his fault, but I'm saying 
Oh my god. It's upsetting. I would like to make another ridiculous uh, since we're doing wasting a time. I'd oh, like to make my, another ridiculous a... bet. Mm. I bet $1 oh, let's do a bet. that Robert's car is not fixed before the new year. Oh no. What the hell? Oh my god. I'm about to vomit on the on the I'm table take here. That bet. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I actually won a bet at the golf instruction place on it. I got $90. I'm taking five dollars of that ninety. Can I bet? I with predicted the. British can I bet with a Starbucks gift card? I mean, it doesn't matter. We never follow through on any of these <laughs> things. We have a, a list of bets we've never followed through. I'm on, giving so. you five to one. He is going to see it in the next three months. Thank you. Okay, there's my money. <laughs> Robert's in for a buck. I don't know who's going to win this. We're not writing it down. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> There'll be seven dollars in this room. If you want to take all of the money from all of the bets we've ever made. It's here it's in the right. studio. You can, you can Look, there's a list right over there. It's there's just, all kinds of money attached to it. We ignore really it is. completely. Wow, I wonder it what that was. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, all I can say is this. If you, talking Tesla Nation out there, uh-huh. have an idea that you'd like to see for a tweener episode, let us know. Send us a message either at info at talkingtesla.net or you can tweet me at R-R-O-S-E-N-B-L. That's the at symbol first. R. Rosen BL on the Twitter and, uh, you know, throw us your ideas and we'll yeah. maybe put something together. We'll and if them. you are a listener who was saying how much you missed the show and now are really regretting that <laughs> stupid decision, <laughs> I'm sorry because I felt like I did a good job, but I'm not so sure about everybody else in the room right now. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Talking Tesla. We're having a lot of fun talking Teslas. Can I say one more thing? What the f*** are you guys doing? (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Can you stop already? For f***'s sake. Oh, my God. Why? If you're still listening to this show, you should stop. Yeah. (laughs) It's over. The show is over. Go home. I'm leaving. I'm self-driving my car Turn on NPR. Turn on the daily. Do something else with your life. Do something Something valuable. So ridiculous. Valuable. You know what? Listen to Talking Teslas. What the hell difference does <laughs> you it make? To, you listen to Malcolm Gladwell's latest uh, third The show is over. I love it. The show is over. This Stop is talking. Show. He's doing a new podcast Stop. next uh, September. Great. Called what? Uh, yes. <laughs> called, called yes? <laughs> it's weird. I love it. I love, I listen Revisionist to History. Revisionist History. Malcolm History. Gladwell, yeah. one of the best podcasts out there. Love Malcolm Gladwell, even though... A lot of the stuff he says is absolute bull. I still love him. It's funny, but I mean, there was an episode like all about hockey, all about hockey. Pull the goalie. That is a good you're one. You're down. You're down like three to one. Don't wreck the podcast. Five minutes and forty seconds before the end of the game. Pull the goalie. You know what? If you have a podcast called Talking Tesla, wow, that's revelatory. And, and is you, it? No, it Why? is because everybody does that. No. They do. Yes, this is the, a with podcast. a minute to go, but not Again. with five minutes to go. <gasps> This is a new okay. podcast we're calling Pull the Goalie. No, it's not. <laughs> Why are you still listening? It's the worst <laughs> podcast <laughs> ever. This show is terrible. It's not our fault it's that terrible. you're listening. Why are you still... Is this thing on? Please. <sighs> Why are you listening? There's a stop button you say, on your podcast. Why did you say my stop car won't listening. be fixed till January? I don't know, oh because God. it was fun. And I look at I got oh. you all worked up. Uh, I'm feeling yeah. all flushed. Yeah, because you got to... A, they got to make a part... B. Now they, they got to rip part of it off. Yeah, are they get it. That part What's your insurance me. company? What kind of car are you going to drive? Are you gonna I'm going to end Civic? up with a f- gas car. I get fifty dollars a day. Well, car I'll tell allowance. you this right now. Uh, by that time, 
Mel's son will be in college. He'll have a Model 3, <laughs> Model 3. just sitting in his driveway. You might as well drive and right. keep the battery condition. Yeah, he's going to college in like three months. So and they'll say, three you're, months renting you a car, you're renting a car from Fulibu Car Rentals? Huh. <laughs> Rent a car from Turo. Make the guy pay extra money. I don't know. Yeah. I rented a car from Turo. It was, it it's was like an interesting experience. Teslas are 250 a day in L.A. I paid less than that. But that's not considerably. It was actually, it was $30 more for me to rent that Model S than Mm -hmm. it would have been for me to rent the Hyundai from Enterprise. That's ridiculous. So I did it. Yeah. Could you imagine me renting out my car with tiger stripes on the side? And I went to a supercharger near an outlet mall in Oregon, and it cost me $100 because there was a Columbia store there. Oh, but you end up with a jacket. <laughs> of course I did. Oh, my. Is this going to be a tweener episode? Something wrong with me. What is good? Can we... St- what? Why is this Why recording are you still, still Why are you on? Stop it. I'm going. I feel like it's the Muppets. <laughs> Cece's fault. Cece, if you're listening to this, it's your fault. Where is it now? It's over there. Wow, that's crazy. You're, you're not good out. at this. We need to send that out, Cece. Let's give it away again. We're whispering because Robert's on the phone. Robert's on the phone. This is not part of the show. Hi, Robert. Although it could be. Yeah, it could be. This is the pre-show. You know what I don't like more than anything? I hate the way people look when they wear earbuds. I think it looks like they've got some okay. sperm coming out of their ears. I think it, I always go, how come that guy's wearing broken headphones? Is he psychotic? I love them. I know you do. They're the best. I bought two pairs of better ones for my children on Amazon for less than half the price of one. They were $39. Are they they Apple? No. Of course not. They're better. But are they Apple? (laughs) Yeah, but not everything Apple does is the best. Have you got an Amazon Prime credit card? Have you ever felt it? No. I was thinking about getting one. how heavy it is. That's robust. <laughs> that is sexual. Super. I'm thinking about getting one of these because I spend just a little smidge amount of money. Yeah. Do you have any of that Australian cash still with you or did you exchange it? I want to see it. I've never seen the Aussie money. I put it all Is it multicolored? Away. Yes. Does it have Kanga and or Roo upon it? Yes. Does it have a small, cuddly brown yes. bear upon it as well? And it is made of plastic. Are there also... Incredibly deadly insects and or... Not so much, no. It's all the cuddly things. It's not the (laughs) things that'll murder you. Well, first off, nobody in the history, nobody has ever cuddled a kangaroo. Yeah, they have. People are sick. People have more than cuddled them. (laughs) Gets lonely up there, mate. I'm just saying. Isn't that what the sheep are for? (laughs) Australia, where men are men and the sheep run scared. (laughs) Upsetting <laughs> and dirty, though. Also accurate. That uh, you know, I was walking through the forest. Uh huh. You didn't, but please uh, do. And I, I said to my son, I kissed my girlfriend under that tree years ago, mate. <laughs> and he said, Wow, that's great. And I said, You know, it's weird. Her dad was just over there. And he's like, What did he say? Bah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, here, I'm going to do it again. So, hey, son, 
I kissed a girl <laughs> under that tree over there. Uh-huh. And it was weird because her dad was right over there. Yeah. And you know what he said? What? I'm next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like an incest joke. Oh, the show just keeps getting better. <laughs> we're skilled at this. We've done it for years. So we're better than talking Teslas. Can I just say those guys are douchebags? <laughs> this is how far we've come. Robert has now got a little portable recording kit. Uh-huh. And he's so angry at people for making noise and they're like, look at you. It's like they don't get it. Like, remember how many took times two years to you get remember you. how many times we used to hear this on Robert? Because all he did was play with his mustache. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. It made me so happy. Unbelievable. To see him whining. Unbelievable. It's not even a believable thing. I need thing. to talk into the microphone situation. Go. I don't know. Do, do I chapel? like it up here like this? How do I sound? Do I sound full? Do I sound bulbous? Do I sound like fromage el uh, testicales? EJ, I'm sorry. EJ, I'll tell you this. He's ten times worse than this before he hits record. Yeah. And we both know it. And So don't listen to his bull. Hey, Robert, thanks for joining us. Anytime now. <laughs> Dude, my commitment. I think 3, 3.45, I left my house. What the f***? Tell me about it. I would have turned around at 4.05 like, bye-bye. <laughs> so you can hear... Right. Oh, what is this? What is this? What are we drinking? What is this? We are drinking mezcal reposado. This is illegal. What? That's the brand. It's called illegal. Ila- illegal mezcal. Do you need glasses there? Yeah. Tom man? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently charging my car. I'm stopping here and just taking a gander about the uh, <laughs> studio. The studio has a lot more foam in it now than it did a month or so ago. I don't I don't come here every week anymore, so now I feel sort of like sort of an outsider. I've never came here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you did. <laughs> That, that giggle is after one step of I haven't even had a sip. We yet. are heading downhill. <laughs>